for Bedford, Richard Fuller, criticised the current detention system. The current process for detaining women for immigration processes seems to me to be ineffective, costly and unjust. Will my right honourable friend take this opportunity, this tragic incident, to bring a fresh pair of eyes to the whole process of the detention of women for immigration purposes? The spending watchdog, the National Audit Office, has said that Royal Mail shares were sold off too cheaply by the government last October. The shares were priced at 330 pence, but are currently trading at around 563 pence, a rise of 70%. The business secretary, Vince Cable, said ministers had wanted to limit the potential damage if the deal went wrong. If the wholesale had flopped, there would be much bigger liabilities for the taxpayer than has now happened. Uh, we, because the government retains a substantial share in the Royal Mail, it benefits therefore from any uplift in that. Uh, it was done in a professional and successful way and we achieved our objective. Council workers in Milton Keynes are taking part in a nationwide protest about low pay today. The union Unison claims local government workers' wages have fallen by 18% in real terms since 2010. Researchers at University City College London have called on the government to update its five-a-day healthy eating advice. They say that this should go up to at least seven portions of fruit and veg and perhaps ten. England football fans have criticised the £90 price tag of an official World Cup replica shirt. The Wigan chairman and sports retailer Dave Whelan described the price as horrendous. You'll never get £90 for that. I mean, the customers are not stupid. £90 for an England shirt is madness. In sport, bottom of the table, Stevenage host League One leaders Wolves tonight. Conference leaders Luton are at Dartford and Manchester United host holders Bayern Munich in the first leg of their Champions League quarter-final. The weather, mist and cloud will lift and break by midday to leave a warm and mostly sunny afternoon, just the chance of an odd shower, a maximum temperature 18 degrees Celsius and you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash counties. BBC Three Counties Radio's big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. It's a traditional Bedfordshire market town. All this week, we're featuring Shefford and Chicksands. I do like the um, smaller shops, yeah. Lots of community things going on. There are over 90 clubs and organisations in Shefford. It's all about where you live. We're permanently fixed in Shefford now. We're quite happy with the town. The Big Tour. BBC Three Counties Radio. This is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Lots to talk about this morning, including dementia promises, pay protests and stinky sewers. You've really given up on the menus, haven't you, Catherine? There's a limited amount I could do with that, to be honest. You've given up on the menus... Well, it's what it is. It is. It is what it is. How many portions have you been getting recently? Not as many as I should. Uh, (laughs) Yes. I'm surprised Justin Dealey is still alive. If it's gone up from you're supposed to get five portions a day to somewhere between seven and ten, he doesn't, he doesn't eat none, does he? Not even in a week, I don't well, think. He doesn't eat none. I don't eat that many. I, I'm trying to think how many portions I got yesterday. Well, if the um, tomato sauce on a Tesco's uh, microwavable pasta and tomato sauce meal counts as one, then I got one. I think that's probably about a half, isn't Wee. it? I don't eat fruit and vegetables every day. Who I does? T- I some green beans. That counts. That, that counts. Do you, uh, how many portions do you get, Kelly? I made a smoothie yesterday that had so much in it that I'm pretty much set for the rest of the year. Beautiful. There we go. You can let us know how many portions you get. A day. 
I don't eat fruit and vegetables every day. I I, there's, there's a mouldy banana on the uh, back shelf of my car. I mean, that's not going to get. Might as well my... give that up. That's just going to. That's not going to happen. No. I don't like bananas. They're only ripe for like 20 seconds. Yeah. Well, I think bananas are the bully of the fruit. They're the real stubborn ones. Yeah. If if the fruit was school, bananas are the bully. Yeah. And they do turn everything else. Yeah. Where where would you put satsumas? What and the ranking of. Yeah. That would be the bullied victim, I would say. Yeah, I think, I think she, she makes a good point. We can rank vegetables and fruits if, if you'd like to do that. I'm happy to do that. Literally anything goes this morning. I get paid whatever, so, you know, why, why bother? Facebook.com forward slash BBC3CR. You can send me a text 81333. Start your text 3CR. Or you can give me a call 08459 455 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties or, Radio. <laughs> or you can call me Al. <laughs> like the pop song by uh, Paul Simon from the 1980s from his Graceland's LP where he stole African music. You can call me Al. That's what I was referring to. A man walks down the street. He says, why am I soft in the middle now? Why am I soft in the middle of rest of my life is so hard I need a photo opportunity I want a shot of redemption don't want to end up a cartoon in a cartoon graveyard bone digger bone digger dogs in the moonlight far away my well-lit door Mr. Beer Melly Beer Melly get these mutts away from me you know I don't find this stuff amusing anymore if you'll be my bodyguard I can be your long lost pal I can call you Betty, Betty, when you call me, you can call me out. A man walks down the street, he says, why am I short of attention? Got a short little span of attention, and all my nights are so long. Where's my wife and family? What if I die here? Who'll be my role model now that my role model is gone, gone? He ducked back down the alley with some roly-poly little bat-faced girl. All along, along, there were incidents and accidents, there were hints and allegations. If you'll be my bodyguard, I can be your long-lost pal. I can call you Betty, and Betty, when you call me, you can call me out, call me out. Spinning in an 
BBC Three Counties Radio 08459 455 555 is the phone number if you want to give us a call. Well, about anything, really. But one of the things we're talking about this morning is NHS England will make sure everyone over the age of 75 will have a named accountable GP from today in a bid to boost dementia detection rates. It's investing £90 million in the scheme, which will see practices offering faster diagnosis, as well as offering the most vulnerable 2% of their patients an enhanced service, including same-day telephone consultation and proactive case management. I have no idea what that phrase means. It would suggest the service hasn't been brilliant for dementia patients in the past. Well, we've heard from various callers and guests that perhaps it has been slightly lacking. I'm joined now by Gail Staines from the Alzheimer's Society in Hertfordshire. Morning, Gail. Good morning. Gail, what's your reaction to all of this? Well, you know, anything that enhances the ability for GPs to give their full support to people with dementia is a positive. And, I mean, this is certainly a step in the right direction. Um, you know, less than half the people with dementia actually have a diagnosis. So this will support the diagnosis rates. However, and there is a however, um, we must remember that dementia doesn't just affect people over 75. This was what I thought. 75 seems um, like they've plucked that age out of the, the air. Well, you know, in Hertfordshire, we've, we've currently got 13,000 people living with dementia. And of those 13,000, about 5,000 have got a diagnosis. But approximately 250 people um, have younger onset dementia, which means they've received a diagnosis under the age of 65. So, you know, we mustn't forget this other group of people. Do, do we know exactly how this will work? Does it, just by having a named GP, does that mean the patient will see the same doctor each time? Um, you should have that point of contact, but if I just give the example of Hertfordshire, um, we have our early memory diagnosis and support services, which is absolutely fantastic. So if someone's worried about their memory, they'll go and see their GP, and obviously as of today, um, if they're over 75, it'll be a named GP, um, and then they're referred straight into um, to our MDAS service. Um, and the Alzheimer's Society has dementia support workers working in those teams so we can provide really good post-diagnostic support to people. Um, they're in that service for 38 weeks and then after that we transfer them across to our community dementia support workers. So certainly this is the sort of thing that we want to see rolled out across the country. Why do you think um, diagnosis rates of dementia are, are, are so poor? Is it the doctors not recognising it? Is it the people who may have it? not going to the doctors? I think there's, there's a number of reasons. Um, you know, certainly um, some people may not want to go to their GP. But, you know, we're, you know, uh, 
dementia is really high up on the political agenda now and you know we really want to raise awareness encourage people if they're worried about their memory to go and see their gp it's really important to get that diagnosis because people can live well with dementia does this go far enough gail would you like to see more changes um Certainly there can always be more done. I mean, we really do need to continue to increase understanding and raise awareness throughout the wider society. You know, we've got Dementia Awareness Week coming up in May. We've got the social action movement to recruit a million dementia friends by March 2015. There's lots of work now around dementia-friendly communities. And we've got some leading British businesses coming on board, you know, M&S, Argos, Homebase. So, you know, dementia can affect one in three of us. We, we really need to um, raise that awareness and develop people's understanding. Gail, I appreciate your time. This ridiculous hour of the morning. Thank you very much. This is Gail Staines from the Alzheimer's Society in Hertfordshire. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. There we go. So, uh, lots to talk about this morning. We'll talk about uh, the uh, fruit and veg. You're supposed to, it's gone up from five a day to, to seven or maybe even ten a day. But th- there's another thing in the papers. Now, I'm not a sports fan, Catherine. I don't know if you've picked up on this. Really? Yeah, I'm not that keen on it. I'm not a fan of man-made fibres, so together we're the team for this story. Well, the, we? the, fo- the, the New England football shirt is going to cost £90. Now, as a, as a non-football supporting person, I, I, it seems like a lot of money. We were speaking to Simon Oxley, who does like football a little little bit. I think he'd, he would admit that under pressure. I don't think he'd wear a full kit, mind. <laughs> Isn't it funny? Don't don't you make assumptions about men you see where... Kids, I can kind of... You can see an eight-year-old boy in a football kit. Okay, I can kind of dig it. But when you see a bloke in his 40s who isn't a football player walking down the street in a full football kit or, or out with the kids on a Saturday at soft play, you just think... Grow up, mate. What a plum. What an absolute plum. It's like it's like a 70-year-old wearing a Ramones T-shirt. It just, it just it doesn't work. My husband wears his um, Luton Town top when he goes to the match, but I've uh, drummed it out of him for wearing it for casual. I wear. can kind of... I can sort of see that if he's going to the match, but you wouldn't want to go down to home base with him wearing <laughs> that, would you? <laughs> no. And he, does he wear the shorts? Because no, some people wear the shorts. No, no shin pads. No, sh- no shinnies. Well, 90 quid... For a football shirt, I, I, I'm going to say it sounds like a rip-off. Sounds like daft tax to me. If you're daft enough to pay it. Well, it's the 08459 455 555. Are any of you daft enough, that's what she said, are any of you daft enough to pay it? Uh, 90 quid for a football shirt? I tell you what, we need to get... Well, let's get Justin Dealey on the case. We'll speak to Justin before seven about this. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. It's a very misty start so far. Looking on the cameras, the M40 in particular looking quite thick uh, between Beaconsfield and the Denham roundabout. On the speed sensors, the approaches to the Kidneywood roundabout to join the motorway looking congested. Both Airport Way and London Road quite heavy. Also, the A5 southbound looking slow already after Dunstable. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Alice, thank you very much. 6.16. It's uh, Tuesday, the 1st of April. April Fool's... Oh, dear. I nearly fell for one in the newspapers. Well, I, I say nearly. For 12 seconds, I believed you could... Um, that there was a chicken that was laying square eggs. But you can't... You can... Oh, come on. No, but you can make square eggs. Yeah, of course you can make them, but you can't pass them. No, I know, but you can make a square egg. There is a machine, isn't there, that makes square eggs? Yeah. 
Is there? I'm not doing a wine. that in the paper? You are. Right, OK. W- when we play the next record, Pink and Nate Roos. Find right, something I'll better. It, Thank I'll you. When we've, there is a machine you can get that makes square eggs. Fact. Do you mean, like, instead of oval? Or do you mean you... What? Imagine a square egg. Yeah. Are we talking cuboid? Or a flat square. We'll get to it in a minute. We'll get to it in a minute. No, a cuboid. <laughs> Not a flat square. How can you have a flat egg, you muppet? You just put it, you just cook it in a mould. I cook Simps. you in a mould. In... So you're talking about the egg after it's been um, cracked. Are you thinking about it while it's in its shell? <laughs> Are you thinking of a square shell egg? Let me, let me... Um, so many things. Let me... A £90 million NHS scheme designed to speed up the diagnosis of dementia starts today. Every person over the age of 75 will have a named accountable GP. Labour are calling for an urgent investigation into the Yarlswood Immigration Centre in Bedfordshire after the death of a 40-year-old woman there on Sunday. And in sport, England football fans have criticised the £90 price tag of an official World Cup replica shirt. Some people have said, Cool, blimey, gov. It's the right old con, that is. BBC Three Counties Radio. Every weekday from three, Roberto Peroni. You told 580 gags in one hour. Can I yeah. test you for one minute? I spent the whole year trying to get into class the music. It took the four seasons. Weekdays from three. We heard from Neil earlier on. He claims he was discriminated against and asked to leave a pub because he injected himself in public in full. Stop, I'm stopping that. I'll tell you why I'm stopping it. Oh, look what I found. I said, look what I found. I'm looking good. I'm looking fly. I found an egg cuba square egg press. That's right. You can make square eggs. That's right. What That's for? nice. What? What for? Fun. What fur? What for? What fur? What you for? like when Ringo says, and... Is it so it can fit your bread? Into the microphone. Is it so it can fit your bread? No, it's not flat. It's cuboid. Like a cube. Mm. It's fun. Imagine if you, you went to your girls and you went, girls, you know eggs. They are egg shape. Well, they ain't no more. This, right. no, What's hang on. In? That might be fun the once. No, oh, I suppose says, more says the woman. Says the woman. Says the woman don't. who stole my idea of giving Shh, kids goose eggs and then saying to the children that they were dinosaur eggs. Dragons. She was doing a dragon project. They were goose. They were goose eggs. Oh, it was duck. Not as posh as you. Were they duck? Yeah. Oh, duck eggs aren't that big. They're bigger than an average. So you can cube. Small dinosaur. You, for, for just the, the price of uh, three. Oh, three pounds ninety nine egg super cubers. Come on, guy. Egg Cuba. This is the full title. Egg Cuba Cube Egg Press Square Boiled Eggs Maker Gadget Novelty Kitchen Utensil. Three ninety nine. That can join my crinkly uh, chip slicer <laughs> <laughs> that I never use. So that so that is I am so that is why for a second I thought there was a chicken that could lay square eggs. Kels, you found it. I'm forty. You're forty one this year. Forty one. Egg Cuba Square Egg Press. Yeah, you got it. So you put your. Your egg th- in there. Yep, yep. And then what happens? It, I don't, I, I don't know, but it makes your egg square, cuboid. What for? What it, for? How does it fun, do it fun, fun. It? It, now technically, it's not in a shell. Uh, you do the hard boil. Uh, ah. Mm, yeah. We've lost her. Well, and when you crack it, would the yolk be square? Well, it's hard boiled. It looks like. Oh, yeah. But yeah, you got square yolk. Should I order two? You do have square yolk. Yeah, now that is wicked, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, okay. This is. Uh, I'm going to order one and I'm going to bring in squared eggs. 
You're going to get one, Catherine? Of course I am. You're going to get one? Of course I am. Who wants squared eggs? Everyone. What a wonderful day. Once. Right, should we, play, should we play a song? Wait, I want to know what else we can change the shape of. Um, anything, <laughs> anything malleable. <laughs> right, can we stop that now, please? Goodness sakes, terrible. Oh, wait, 459, 455, 555. Square eggs! Don't tell it. Don't tell her that Kelly Betts is trying to remember Joan Rivers' last name. You got it? No, I don't think that's it. It's not. You, you don't think it's Joan Rivers? Joan Rivers' last name is Rivers. about someone else. It's Joan Rivers. You've just been trying to describe. Wait, it is Joan Rivers. Thank you very much. There we go. You see? You see? Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five is the phone number. Now, Milton Keynes council workers will be protesting outside their offices this lunchtime in a row over pay. Unison claims its members who work in social care and schools are struggling to make ends meet. Well, to find out more about this, I'm joined by Caroline Rain, who is the union's area organiser. Morning, Caroline. Good morning. So what, what exactly is this strike about, or this protest? It's not a strike, it's a protest, and it's actually part of a national protest. Um, since 2010 now, we've had appalling um, below-inflation pay awards in local government, and the real income of local government workers has actually fallen by 20% since 2010. And this year we put in a, a modest claim for a pound an hour for everybody, which would have brought those at the bottom end up to the living, level of the living wage. And what the employers have done in a, in a 
bad April Fool's joke, we think, is they've just offered 1% to everybody, um, which means people are falling way below inflation, way below the living wage, and are having to continue to struggle, or in fact struggle more. Is a lunchtime protest going to crack this, Caroline? Doesn't, it doesn't sound particularly enthusiastic. The lunchtime protest is probably the beginning of actions. We're consulting our members at the moment on what they want to do in terms of the offer, but we will be there for two hours, and I think it's important that we get our message to the employers, but also to the general public, because I don't think people realise what a struggle the people that are providing them with vital public services are going through at the moment, and I think it is important that people know and that they understand what's being asked for, because it's not unreasonable. It will actually boost the economy. Do you not think that that people know? I, I, I think that everyone knows, because most people are going through this, whatever their line of work, aren't they? I don't think people realise. I mean, local government workers are particularly badly hit. Why, why are local government workers worse off than anybody else? Well, it's not only when compared to the private sector, but actually compared to other parts of the public sector. Um, so, for example, somebody doing a job in local government is generally paid less than the equivalent person in the National Health Service, in the police force, in all the other parts of the public sector. They're but that's always been the case, isn't it? Hit. It's not always been the case. Um, it was usually the case in the public sector that people got fair pay because I think there was an understanding that by doing that it actually boosts the economy. Um, in fact, there's been studies done that have shown for every one pound a local government worker earns, 50 pence of that is actually spent in the local economy boosting local businesses. Still get and a pretty decent pension, don't you, compared to, to a lot of other people? Well, sadly, this means no because pension is based on earnings. So. As but but compared to other people who, who slip, so does real pension. But Caroline, compared to other people who who, who don't get a, 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 the, the pension like this and have to contribute themselves, it's it's still a pretty good deal, isn't it? Local government workers do contribute to their pension, and they have to contribute considerably more than they did. It's not a, a hand, but still less than pay. Still less than people in the private sector. Not necessarily. I mean, it depends where people are. It's certainly considerably less than people at the higher ends of the private sector. Um, so no, I think lo- local government workers have a have a struggle to contribute. The thing is, well, I, 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 listen. Of course, of course, they, they have, they have, they're, they're struggling at the moment. But everybody's struggling, Caroline. So, what, why should you be treated differently? I don't think everybody is struggling. It yes, does depend they are. Where people are. <laughs> they are. Apart, from, apart from apart from a tiny few, everybody's struggling at the moment. Councils can afford to pay more. They have actually been saving money. We are the seventh richest economy in the world, and I think we need to remember that. But councils have been saving money. Their reserves nationally, I'm not just talking about Ms. Milton Keynes, but across the board, since 2010, council reserves have gone up by £2.6 billion. And we are talking about what is, in effect, a very small pay That's up, because I thought councils were losing money. That's why, they're, they're closing, that's why they're closing libraries, old people's services. Their buses for disabled people because they're not spending it and another um, thing that, that makes this bad for the economy is that more and more council workers are now dependent on benefits to make end meets tax credits and benefits Could this, are we, we heading for a strike things. Caroline are we it heading for a strike possible. at the moment we are consulting our members um, on whether they wish to accept or reject this 1% offer. If they reject, we will then have a, an official ballot for strike action. We will know more when this consultation ends towards the end of April. And where and when is this happening today? Today, this is happening at Milton Keynes Civic Offices. 
um, between 12 and 2, we will be there with leaflets and information, so anybody passing by would be very happy to um, speak to them about what's happening and give them more information about the protest. Caroline, thank you very much for your time. It's Caroline Rain, uh, Unison uh, Area Organiser, 08459 455 555 is the phone number. Listen, while I empathise with their cause... Um, it's interesting, isn't it, that Caroline saying, I don't, I don't think people know uh, just how much people, you know, these people in, in social care and, and working in schools, how much they are struggling. But yet, yet she didn't seem to know how much other people were struggling outside of those areas as well. She seemed to think that it, it was rosy for everybody else. For a small few, it is ro- Hey, listen. So, for, I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. You know, I'm not as much as I was five years ago, but I'm doing all right. The, the, the small numbers of bankers will be doing all right. The, you know, the bigwigs. Uh, the, but most other people are struggling. They're not getting um, pay increases. They're getting reduced hours. They're losing the money. So... My weekly shop's more expensive than it's ever been. Yep, yep. That's when you notice it, isn't it? When you just haven't got so much left at the end of the month, if anything. Oh, look, Kels wants to have a cough, look, but she, she, she dares as the microphones are on. <coughs> yep, she did it. Oh, wait, four, five, nine, four, double, five, five, double, five. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Very foggy this morning, especially in Bucks. On the speed sensors at the Black Cat roundabout, the A1 northbound is heavy going. Also in Kingston, heading towards the M1 from Milton Keynes. Standing way looking slow between the Brinklow roundabout and the Kingston roundabout. The A5 northbound also struggling just after Dunstable, but public transport's all looking good. We've got no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 6.30, I'm Simon Oxley. A £90 million NHS scheme designed to speed up the diagnosis of dementia starts today. Every person over the age of 75 will have a named accountable GP. Labour are calling for an urgent investigation into the Yarlswood Immigration Centre in Bedfordshire after the death of a 40-year-old woman there on Sunday. The spending watchdog, the National Audit Office, has said that Royal Mail shares were sold off too cheaply by the government last October. And England football fans have criticised the 90 pound price tag of an official World Cup replica shirt. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Bottom of the table, Stevenage hosts League One leaders Wolves tonight. Victory would lift Graham Westley's side out of the relegation zone. It's a, a great opportunity. They're, they're going to be buzzing. I'm sure the, the place is probably going to be full here. It's going to be um, a great game to, to play in. Uh, I'm sure all the lads are going to be coming in looking uh, fresh and fit in the morning, uh, trying to show me that they're up for it. Luton Town are at Dartford in the conference. The Hatters are 13 points clear at the top of the table, despite defeat at the weekend. One month to go for John Still's side. You know, from where... where where we were when I looked at it at the start of the month to where we are I'm actually delighted well you know to, to be in this last month of the season to be in this position I think the last two games if we could have got something at Grimsby and something at Halifax we could have come away with something two points and gone great well we got a point more than that and there's commentary on Stevenage and Luton in tonight's Three Counties Sport from seven. Manchester United host holders Bayern Munich in the first leg of their Champions League quarter-final. David Moyes says his team can cause an upset. The pressure's equally balanced because we want to win the game as much as Bayern Munich do. We, we go into the game you know, knowing that on our day we're as good a side as any. 
we have to show it more often than we've done, but uh, I've got great, great belief in the players. Uh, I've said that from day one, and it hasn't changed. In the Premier League last night, West Ham won 2-1 at Sunderland, who remained four points from safety. In the Southern Premier Division tonight, leaders Hemel Hempstead host Chippenham, Bedford Town go to Bashley, Biggleswade host Totten. And this year's Tour of Britain cycle race will include a stage through Buckinghamshire and finishing in Hertfordshire. Stage six on Friday, September the 12th, goes from Bath to Hemel Hempstead. BBC Three Counties News and Sports, the next full bulletin is at seven. Simon Oxley. Good morning. Yes, now listen, don't, don't, I, don't, I haven't forgotten about that five pounds you're going to owe me. Uh, at the it's end looking of, fairly safe. With the, with the, what's the bet that Luton won't go up? Uh, that was it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, well, how many points ahead are they? Thirteen. Oh, they were seventeen the other day. <laughs> oh, they were 13, seventeen the 17. other day. Now listen, ninety pounds for a football show. Mm. We were talking about this before. This is this is expensive, isn't it? This is expensive. Um, this is the, um, the, the this is the, the the top of the range shirt, if you like. This will be the one the players are wearing. It's um, some you know breathable, mm. you know high tech technology. It's got holes in it. Oh, blimey! Um, and there's one available for sixty, and I think it's forty two for a kids shirt. But that, yes, top price ninety pounds. Forty two for a kids shirt. There was mm. a fella in your bullet in at six saying oh no one's going to pay that I bet they will and undoubtedly they will um, but I mean it's just 90 quid Simon thank you very much for that of 90 quid hearts and bucks this is Ian 90 quid right three counties radio you'd expect the socks and the shorts for that wouldn't you you, you would expect oh, to, to get to um, be captain of England for that <laughs> Uh, is there anybody listening who would spend 90 quid on a football shirt? 90 quid! Berwick, you know, actually saying that, when I, I've, I've not told... When I went to America... Oh, here we go. When I went to America to the Monkeys Convention, I got my photo taken with all three surviving monkeys. I've not told anyone how much that cost me. That wasn't free. That wasn't free. I've not told anyone how much that cost me. And Nez didn't even crack a smile. Nez didn't crack... And, and, and I won't tell you how much it cost to get Nez to sign a CD. <gasps> I won't tell you. I, w- I simply won't tell you because if it gets back to my wife, she's going to kill me. I can tell you're thinking about it and embarrassing yourself. I'm not going to... To get the picture with all three remaining monkeys, wowzers. Wowzers. I'm not going to... Don't. I'm not going to tell you. Um, oh, by the way, you know I ordered that ages ago? I ordered 500 that... 500 quid. No, no, it wasn't that expensive. OK, well, so it's a bargain. Tell me how much it was. <laughs> no, I'm not going to. You know I ordered that um, limited edition record that was $250? Yeah. Right. It came the other day. Came in a box. Even though you tried to pack- cancel it no, frantically. No, this is a different one. All right. This is one I ordered ages ago when I was on. It came in a box and it was, you know. My boys opened the box and poured water in it. <gasps> now that's real. The, the, the fact that they are still breathing and one wow. of them can still walk, uh, that, that proves how much I love those guys. Little so and so. Where was it? Did, it? did you not put it in some sort of vault? No, because. Uh, and I've had to have... I've, I, <laughs> my wife allows my kids to open my post. Really? Yeah. Until I said the other day, um, could you stop allowing the kids to open my post? Oh, it's difficult. They just, no, it's not difficult. When it comes, don't let them anywhere near it. They've poured water in a really expensive box. How much did that box cost? Um, not I lot. can't tell you. Anyway, 90 quid for a shirt. Would you pay it? 08459 Should we play the Rolling Stones and do some records? Uh, some uh, stories? Yeah, what's the Rolling Stones that you've got there? This is the Satisfaction song. Oh. No, I mean, I, I don't... I'm a bit bored of that one. Can we not have another one? I don't really like the Stones. Well, I don't mind them, but that song, it's like... Mm, it's probably good. I mean, it is a good song, but is it the only good song? 
Uh, paint it black. The last no. time. Get off my cloud. Honky tonk women. Jumping Jack Flash. It's all over now. Brown sugar. Not fade away. Let's spend the night together. Plundered my soul. Doom and gloom. Doom and gloom's quite good. Doom and gloom. If first thing in the morning, really, we're going to play that to them. Yeah, should we play that to them? It, well, uh, uh, otherwise, uh, this, 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 this is good. This will wake them up. What about hey, hey, you, you? What? Get off my cloud. Get off my cloud.
sounding like Stones by numbers. Well, it's a recent one. I quite, um... Baby, won't you dance, me? Yeah. Wait, what part of America is Mick Jagger from? Um, I, the South, I think, the way he talks. Probably the South. Now, we're going to go through the papers. We have to... What are you doing? Jagger. Oh, couldn't leave it, could they? <laughs> Charlie, out. Now, we um, we have to tread carefully in the papers today. It's April Fool's. Oh, really? So there are some stories... I hate April Fool's. There are some stories that might be jokes or might not. Mm. So we're treading carefully. Maybe the 90, 90 pounds for an England shirt is a joke. No, it's in every newspaper. That, it's a joke if any Muppet would pay that. Let's um, ask Harry and Hitchin. Harry, would you pay 90 pounds for a football shirt? Yeah. Oh, shirt, football shirt. Oh, I thought you meant. Oh, I thought you meant a dress shirt. Yeah, Jeffrey. No, it's Harry. Not today, thank you very much indeed. Um, what else have we got? Well, the front page of the Sun. Some Britain has something to be proud of. Something to be proud of. It's a British record has been set. A granddad at the age of twenty-seven. No. Well done, sir. <laughs> well done, that man. Oh, it's a jailed killer. Oh, dear, it's a jailed killer. I didn't realise that. We won't applaud that. Jailed killer's daughter is pregnant at 13. A murderer in prison has learned he is to be Britain's youngest granddad at the age of 27. His daughter, born when he was 14, is now 13 and pregnant by a lad believed to be the same age as her. It's funny how they concentrated on him rather than the tragedy of a 13-year-old girl getting pregnant. Well done. Hey, listen, I'm uh, furious with uh, Amazon. Other disappointing online retailers are available. How can you be furious with someone that's just offered me an egg topper? Because... What's an egg topper? Apparently, it's something we all need. You know, instead of using your, um, you know, you've got all your boiled egg and you use your spoon or maybe a knife to get the top off. Yep. You'd be able to just suction that bad boy away with a spring-loaded implement. Wow, you can suck the top of an egg off these days. So I ordered, like, ages ago, the uh, Disney cartoon Frozen on DVD. Yes, I did. Digital versatile disc. And it came out the other day, and I got an email yesterday saying, ah, sorry, we messed up, yours is going to be a day late. Oh, I got mine. What? Yeah, we watched it. Well, I say we watched it. My Uh, little and watched half of it and then wandered off outside, and I watched the rest on my own. Good, though, isn't it? Oh, I don't know, because I, it's, I can't remember it. I had to leave the cinema halfway through because one of my boys got agitated, so the DVD isn't right. Anyway. Hey, Ian. Let it go. Ugh. Let it go. Disney movie Frozen has become the highest-grossing animation of all time, making, uh, taking a whopping £643 million. Pounds. I'm not surprised. It's brilliant. That's more than um, Toy Story. Mm-hmm. Jeez. But the merchandising's been really quick with this one, hasn't it? I wonder how much of that is actually to do with the film and how much is to do with all the add-on bits and bobs. Uh, no, 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 that's, that's, that's just... Just that, the film? That's just the film. Wow. That's, that's a- just the movie. I thought the cinema attendance had dropped off since it's so expensive. Well, Toy Story 3 took £638 million at the box office. That Really? I can't... Really? Anyway, I've, my DVD's not turned up. Thanks a lot oh, for nothing, Amazon. I'll tell you yeah. what happens if you want. Oh, well, no, don't bother. What have you got in the papers? Oh, this is lovely. A story of a lovelorn pensioner who's launched a desperate quest to find his old flame so mm. he can leave his life savings to her. Oh, I think it course. might be me. 
Herbert Riley, 83, fell head over heels for Rini after he met her at a dance hall when Rini. he was 24. Rini. Oh, no, she was hot stuff. Mr Riley has not spoken to her for 55 years, has yeah. no photo of her and can't even remember her surname, yeah. Ian. Yeah, yeah, yeah But they tough. danced together in Stockport, Greater Manchester, several times a week and knew each other for four years before she left him to marry a man she'd only just met. She's probably dead. For... Well, former engineer Mr. Riley, who now lives in Longsight, Manchester. Oh, not a nice place. Oh, you probably ain't got that much to leave her. Said it was three decades before he saw his true love again, working at a bakery in Reddish, Stockport, in the 1980s. But he struggled to pluck up the courage to speak to her before work took him to Birmingham. Now he's had ten thousand leaflets printed and taken his bicycle in an attempt to track her down. Oh, he's got a bike. One final time. Oh dearie. Oh, that's so sad. She's probably dead. And has, has, did he not marry her or anything? Has he? What, what was? Has his life been a, a, a lonely journey? He did marry in 1959, but his wife died of leukemia four oh, years dear. later at the age of 34. He oh, has no children dear. and never married again. Oh, that is. Oh, uh, well, where's Reenie? Reenie, Reenie, where are you, Reenie? Reen. Uh, oh, that is sad, isn't it? Bless him. Well, I, I hope he finds. Um, you know. Hang on, I have two brothers who don't need my money. Oh, in that case, jog on, fella. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the speed sensors, as you leave Hitchin to join the A1M, the A602 looking busy. Then the A1M itself southbound already slow around Junction 7 for Stevenage. On the major routes, the M1 London bound, a heavy going between Junction 10 for Luton and 9 for Redbourne. And the M25 anti-clockwise looking slow between Junction 21 for the M1 and 20 for Kings Langley. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much. 6.46, it's Tuesday the 1st of April. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A £19 million NHS scheme designed to speed up the diagnosis of dementia starts today. Every person over the age of 75 will have a named accountable GP. Labour are calling for an urgent investigation into the Yarlswood Immigration Centre in Bedfordshire after the death of a 40-year-old woman there on Sunday. And in sport, bottom of the table, Stevenage hosts League One leaders Wolves tonight. Conference leaders Luton are away to Dartford. And purely for my own financial game, gain, I hope that Luton don't win. Let's get the weather with Kate Kinsella. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. There's a bit of mist and fog out there this morning. For parts of Berkshire, the Met Office has issued a yellow weather warning for the fog. It will eventually start to lift and then we're going to get some sunny spells. Potentially a very warm day on the cards as well. Light winds and it's really going to feel rather pleasant with a maximum temperature up to 19 Celsius. Overnight tonight should be dry. Now the sunshine this afternoon could spark off one or two showers but for most of us this is fairly unlikely. There is a possibility throughout this evening we may get one or two, but eventually they will dry out if you get any at all and we'll get some clear spells. That will allow the mist and fog to develop later on overnight. Not quite as extensive as the night we've just had, but still rather misty nonetheless. Minimum temperature down to around 6, maybe 7 Celsius. A dull start tomorrow morning, but gradually it will brighten and sunny spells developing. In the sunshine, the temperature gradually starting to warm up. The maximum tomorrow, again, 19 Celsius, possibly even 20 Celsius later on tomorrow afternoon. That's your forecast.
Nick Coffer on BBC Three Counties Radio. How about a bit of murder and death, particularly local murder and death from the 19th century? I mean, one of the crimes in the book, I think there's a potential there for miscarriage of justice. There until three o'clock this afternoon. More great music to come in the next two and a half hours. Every once in a while, I like a little bit of epic on this programme. Nick Coffer. Today I'm just outside of Aylesbury at Stoke Mandeville. I'm at Hula, which is an animal rescue centre in the paediatrics ward of the L&D Hospital. I'm in St Albans. Nick Coffer, weekdays from 12 on BBC Three Counties Radio. So we're going through uh, the papers. You've got to tread carefully today, April the 1st, April Fool's. You found, what was the one you just showed me? There were tricks at every turn. This has got to be nonsense. This is an A to Z of ridiculous health complaints, one of them being fractured fingers through undoing bras. Really? What's the bra made of? Yeah. I don't th- steal. When I saw this, I, I, I don't think this one is an April Fool's because I saw this phenomenon yesterday. And I've seen it before. Sands of the Sahara land on UK, including number 10. Cars coated by desert dust blown up into the air 2,000 miles away. I took the boys swimming yesterday on my own. Oh, flippin' heck. Um, th- th- you know you get the, the wristband with your, your locker key yes. on? Right, I had it around my wrist. The boy said, oh, can I hold it? It was, it was, the pool wasn't that deep, so I was like, yeah, go on, you can hold whoa, it. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You never let them hold the key. Well, it was, it, would have, it was just easier to. And then, I don't know, where's, the, where's the key gone? Don't worry, Daddy, I've hidden it somewhere special. Where have you hidden it? Down come the trunks. He's hidden it down there. <laughs> don't put the key, don't put the locker key by your winkle. For goodness sakes. Anyway, I came out and there was a car next to me that was covered in, in sand. I said covered, it wasn't buried, uh, but it, was, it had sand all over it. Uh, and uh, did, did you see any of this yesterday, Just? What was that, boss? Um, boys with lock... No, hang on. Uh, cars with sand on them. No. No. Oh. Well, where were you, in Blackpool or something? Oh, now, this is Saharan sand. I don't think this one is an April Fool's. No, no, I think it's true. I've heard it before. This is a genuine... Genuina. Genuina, yeah. yeah. Uh, Justin, yes. one thing that you... We, well, we've considered the possibility of it being an April Fool's mm. is this blooming um, football shirt for 90 squids. <sighs> I still think it is an April Fool's, but, but then again, it's in all the papers this morning, and if it was an April Fool, um, it would be a, a very big one because they're talking about the Football Association and England. I mean, £90. Pounds, £90 pounds for an England football shirt. What is the world coming to? Do you get the short socks and shinies with that? No, you don't. You what? don't at all. Oh, no, 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 no. Um, so the match shirt is £90, um, the shorts are £25, and the socks are £12. £12 for a pair of yeah, socks? Yeah, exactly. I mean, this this is just incredible, because everyone wants to support their country for the World Cup coming up, but £90 for an England shirt, yeah. I just think is absolutely shocking. So You say everyone, Justin, you mm. don't watch international matches, do you? Um, I take an interest, but um, put it this way, it's stories like this, which has put me off yeah. international football, and football in general, because the other week I went to a Premier League game oh. and I had the cheapest seats in the ground, and that cost me £40. So, they're just ripping people You've off. You've been out talking to people this morning already about this shirt, have you? Yes, um, I was shocked by it, you were shocked by it. Yeah. Let's see if the people of Luton are also shocked by it. Here's what happened. Steve, you know about this already. £90. It's re- I wouldn't pay £90 for it. I certainly wouldn't. It's far too expensive. People that do, uh, I, th- I believe, are uh, rather silly. Everyone wants to wear this shirt, everyone wants to support their country, but at that price, they're just pricing the fans out of the market, aren't they? Absolutely, yeah. I think people should boycott them, then the price will come down. Trevor, take a wild guess. There is the new England shirt. How much do you think that will cost? About £45. No, keep going. 50 Keep going. 55 No. £90. Pounds. God, I'll be joking. 
rip-off. Well, I don't think it's worth £90. What would you pay for it? About 40 45 Is that just ripping off the fans? Well, it is really, isn't it? You get thousands of fans going to the game and that, and they've got to pay for one of them £90 a time. They ain't going to be too happy, are they? Uh, that's a rip-off. I'd never pay £90 for a football shirt. So have you bought England shirts in the past? Yes, I have. I think I spent about a maximum of about 35 to 40 quid. £90 is too much for a T-shirt. Apparently it's got cooling technology, though. Yeah, I can get a cooling technology T-shirt from um, Sport and Soccer for less than that. So. <laughs> I mean, it, it does seem a bit much, doesn't it? Uh, and that's just for the shirt, of course. If you want the kit, you're looking at far more. Do you think that's unfair on, on families whose children will be saying to their parents, I want that because I can see my heroes wearing it? It's unfair... It is the the cost of it is unfair for an industry that's already making so much money anyway, so it's it's not uh, an applicable price for the current financial market. The thing is, just yeah, someone is going to buy it. Someone's going, some muppet is going to buy it. Well, personally, I think you're a mug um, if you go and buy this because uh, in all the newspapers today, also over social media, what they've done, Twitter, um, Facebook, yeah, that they've done a cheaper version, so you can buy a, a t-shirt for fourteen ninety nine, a Nike t-shirt, an English patch for one pound and that will cost you 15.99 for the shirt instead of paying 90 but but one man mentioned there if people boycott this the price might come down i don't think that price will ever come down unfortunately that is just the state of football today the fa saying well don't blame us it's nike well hang on a minute um you employed nike in the first place that is the state of English football ripping off the fans. Here's a crazy idea. If you're tempted to buy your kid one of these shirts because he likes football, why don't you just buy him a football or her a football? The thing is, though, if you look at the... No, uh, girls like football too. Get him a football. Let him actually know what the game's about rather than just ponting about wearing a shirt. Push him over in the mud and (laughs) kick him in the shins. Let him know what the game's about. (laughs) But if you look at the photo shoot here, you've got Steven Gerrard, you've got Wayne Rooney, you've got all the big players. You know, kids look up to these players and if they're wearing this shirt, this, this... calling shirt for £90 that uh, they are the, the, the heroes to the kids. So the kids are going to say to their parents I want this shirt because they're wearing it. Hey Just, guess what? Just moving off on a slight tangent uh, we're supposed to eat f- five fruit and veg a day we're not. It's gone up to between seven and ten fruit and veg a day. I don't come anywhere close to that. I don't think apart from some tomato sauce yeah. and some pasta <laughs> yesterday, I didn't eat, I didn't come anywhere near a vegetable. What, you, you, you must be almost dead. Uh, yes I am and I think again that this could be an April Fool's. Um, the <laughs> To tell him. Come on, come He's on. not believing it. You, you're not buying this one. No, I had some apple tizer last week, and apparently that's part of your uh, five a day counts for one. So there you go. I was Could in. you? Uh, what, what are you up to this morning? I know you're busy. You got bits and pieces to do. Um, we're going to be talking about dementia yep. and the new story talking about there. Probably more on the England shirt and yeah, whatever you're after. Well, really. Do the English shirt if you get a chance. If you could just kind of suss out how much fruit and veg people of beds, hearts, and bucks eat at the moment. Yeah. If they're anywhere close to sort of seven, eight, nine pieces, it's expensive as well. They want us to be healthy. Put the prices down. Thank you very much. That's Justin, thank you very much indeed. Always passing the As responsibility the be a to somebody else. That was fun. Yeah, I enjoyed it. We need to get Justin to eat some fruit, don't we? We need to get him to eat, eat a banana in public. In public? That ain't never going to happen. 08459 four double five five double five is the telephone number if you want to give us a call about any of those things. Thank you, Catherine. Thanks. Out. I'm going then. Oh, can you get the kettle on? Well, don't ask for the world. Thank you very much. I go walking in my sleep From the mountain 
555 is the telephone number if you want to give us a call this morning about any of the things we're talking about, including football shirts uh, and how many fruit and veg do you actually eat a day? There's nowhere near seven. News for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. We've had an update from Joe on the M25 clockwise. Just by the A10, there's a broken down vehicle in lane three. Then on the anti-clockwise carriageway, there's been a multi-vehicle accident that's just happened. Uh, So vehicles are facing in the wrong direction there and the ambulance has only just turned up. We've already got queues building there, so that's around junction 25 for Enfield problems on both carriageways. On the speed sensors heading towards Aylesbury Vale Parkway from the centre of town, the A41 looking heavy. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Alice, thank you very much. Gosh, we've just been sent a link for a sports shirt 
that costs more than the £90 England shirt. What is it? I'll tell you after the news with Simon. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's seven o'clock, the headlines, GP scheme to tackle dementia, Labour calls for Yarlswood investigation and football fans criticise £90 England shirts. BBC Three Counties Radio. A £90 million NHS scheme designed to speed up the diagnosis of dementia starts today. Every person over the age of 75 will have a named accountable GP. Gail Staines from the Alzheimer's Society in Hertfordshire welcomes the scheme but says it's not just about the elderly. In Hertfordshire we've, we've currently got 30 13,000 people living with dementia and of those 13,000 about 5,000 have got a diagnosis but approximately 250 people um, have younger onset dementia which means they've received a diagnosis under the age of 65 so you know we mustn't forget this other group of people. Labour are calling for an urgent investigation into the Yarlswood Immigration Centre in Bedfordshire after the death of a 40 year old woman there on Sunday. Shadow Home Secretary Yvette Cooper says the investigation must also examine reports of sexual abuse and bullying of vulnerable women by staff. Speaking in the Commons, the Conservative MP for Bedford, Richard Fuller, criticised the current detention system. The current process for detaining women for immigration processes seems to me to be ineffective, costly and unjust. Will my right honourable friend take this opportunity, this tragic incident, to bring a fresh pair of eyes to the whole process of the detention of women for immigration purposes? The spending watchdog, the National Audit Office, has said that Royal Mail shares were sold off too cheaply by the government last October. The shares were priced at 330 pence, but are currently trading at around 563 pence, a rise of 70%. The Business Secretary, Vince Cable, says ministers wanted to limit the potential damage if the deal went wrong. Council workers in Milton Keynes will stage a protest about low pay this lunchtime. The union Unison claims local government workers' wages have fallen by 18% in real terms since 2010. Caroline Rain is Unison's area organiser. Councils can afford to pay more. They have actually been saving money. Their reserves nationally, I'm not just talking about Ms. Milton Keynes, but across the board, since 2010, council reserves have gone up by £2.6 billion. Researchers at University College London have called on the government to update its five-a-day healthy eating advice. They say it should go up to at least seven portions of fruit and veg, and perhaps ten. England football fans have criticised the £90 price tag of an official World Cup replica shirt. The Football Association says it doesn't get involved in pricing, but these fans in Luton this morning aren't impressed. I wouldn't pay £90 for it. I certainly wouldn't. It's far too expensive. People that do, uh, I I believe... uh, rather silly. Uh, that's a rip-off. I'd never pay £90 for a football shirt. About £45? No, keep going. 50 Keep going. 55 No. £90. God, we joking. In sport, bottom of the table, Steve, Ninch host League One leaders Wolves tonight. Conference leaders Luton are at Dartford. And Manchester United host the holders Bayern Munich in the first leg of their Champions League quarter-final. The weather, mist and cloud will lift and break by midday to leave a warm and mostly sunny afternoon. Still the chance of an odd shower, though. A maximum temperature 18 degrees Celsius. And you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. BBC. 
BBC Three Counties Radio's big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. It's a lovely place to live. You've got the river in front of you. It's all about where you live. I personally can't say a bad thing about it. And all this week, we're featuring Shefford and Chicksands. Surrounded by wildlife, with lovely vistas to look at. It's a really friendly, lovely place to come to. The big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. BBC Three Counties Radio. This is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. A busy first hour and plenty more to come between now and nine o'clock. We're talking about dementia promises. Stinky sewers. How much fruit and veg do you eat? The, The advice, well it was, until yesterday, five pieces of fruit and or veg a day. Well it's gone up now. To anywhere between seven and ten. I don't think I ate any fruit or vegetables yesterday. Am I going to die? Facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. You can send me a text, 81333, start your text 3CR, or you can give me a call, 08459 455 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. So, talking about this England shirt, £90, which is ridic- it is ridiculous, isn't it? It's way too much money. Well, Paul Scoynes, the political reporter, nay, uh, cycling correspondent here at BBC Three Counties Radio, sent me an email. I can beat £90 for a shirt. Try the replica Team Sky jersey. That's the, I'm assuming that's the, like the cycling, the Tour de France. Yeah, that's your Wigo, your Wigo jersey. So far, I've seen it worn exclusively by fat guys on expensive bikes. Before you ask, I'm not one of them. The cost? £140. <gasps> For something you sweat in. Does it make you go faster? The bike's cheaper, surely. Why didn't you speak into the microphone? The bike's cheaper, surely. Uh, actually, no, it wasn't worth it. Um, no, bikes are more expensive than that. It was a joke. OK, I wouldn't open with that one. But £140 for a shirt. That's nuts. If you can beat that, 08459 455 555 is the telephone number. Oh, dearie, dearie me. Right, NHS England will step up efforts to diagnose dementia from today by giving everyone over the age of 75 a named, accountable GP. NHS England is investing £90 million in a bid to speed up diagnosis rates, which at the moment can vary from six weeks to six months. Practices will also offer its most vulnerable patients an enhanced service, including same-day telephone consultations and more proactive treatment. Well, Justin Dealey has been speaking to pensioners in Watford about their local GP. Holder, an incredibly rude question. A man should never ask a lady this. However, I'm going to. How old are you? 81. 81 years old? Yes. Now, your GP, how long have you had your GP for? 10 to 12 years, this one. And how have you found that service? Great. I won't have any other one because he is brilliant. If he can't solve it, he sends you to hospital. So if you phone your surgery and they said, sorry, he's not available today, you wouldn't see anybody else? Oh, no, no. I'd make another appointment. For that How one. important is that relationship to you between yourself and your GP? Because you, you sound very, very close. Just how important we is are. that to you? We are very close. I can talk to him and I don't feel ill at ease with any complaints I've got and... He just sits there and listens. 
and you have full faith in him. Yes, I have. Do you think it's really important for over 75s to have the same doctor? Well, I do think it is. Oh, no, I have a regular doctor, but they only work part-time. So if there is an emergency, then I have to see one of the others. It doesn't happen very often. In fact, I can only think of it happening once before. And how good is that bond between yourself and your GP? Oh, yeah, perfect. Yeah, they they are looking after me very, very well. Do you think it's really important that that yourself... I know you say that that when she's not there, you see somebody else, but that's in rare occasions. Do you think it's it's really important, really beneficial to you that you see the same doctor every time? definitely, definitely. Tell me why. Well, there's continuity. She she knows what to look for. When you're over 80, you... uh, she, she asked me the questions that are relevant to me. <clears throat> Takes an interest in my general well-being. Long may it continue. Good for you, sir. Thank you so much for your time. OK. Well, that's Justin speaking to residents of Watford, joined now by Margaret Morgan-Owen from Buckinghamshire. Margaret, you were your husband's carer for, for a long time, weren't you? Yes, I was indeed. Tell, tell me about Alistair. What, what was he like before his diagnosis? He was a, a very funny man, a very amusing, highly intelligent and very, very good company. And when did you realise that, that there was something not quite right with him? Well, it came on very, very gradually and he was the first person who really noticed that his memory wasn't excellent. Um, and it was little things. I mean, he was a great do-it-yourselfer, and I think the first time I really realised that there was something wrong was he couldn't put up a curtain rail. And it, it progressed from that, did it? And then gradually yes. became more serious over it, time? It gradually became more serious. He saw, saw our, the, the local GP who told him he had memory problems, which uh, didn't really help because it didn't really define what it was. Um, and then we got referred to a consultant and we had the diagnosis. And once we had the diagnosis, um, it was a relief to both of us because we knew what was going, knew what was going on. And um, services became available. And, and what was sorry? What was the d- diagnosis? Was it Alzheimer's or was it d- d- another kind of no, form it was of dementia? Alzheimer's and, and vascular dementia. Right. Okay. So y- y- yes, it, it must have been a relief for both of yes. you to be able to put a name to it. Yes, indeed. How long did it take from your first doctor's visit uh, to getting a diagnosis? Probably a couple of years. Wow! Really? Yeah. Uh, you know, a confirmed diagnosis. Mm. And I believe things are better now, but it can still take a very long time. And at what age did uh, Alistair start getting poorly? I would say his, his, his early 70s. Mm. His early 70s, yes. It's frustrating for the person... Where, I remember my granddad oh. had Alzheimer's and he was aware that something was wrong... Um, uh, and despite us telling him, he, he, he would forget and couldn't quite put his, his finger on it. And he, he found it very frustrating. Did, did Alistair have a similar outlook? Well, he did find it frustrating. Um, and he always denied that there was anything wrong with him, right. um, which is quite common. And that, that, it, that in itself can make it difficult mm. as well. Um, but fortunately, having, you know, the local GP in the village... Um, you know, they, they understood what was going on, so that, that made a difference. Now, this, this new scheme that's yeah. being introduced will mean that people 75 and over will have a named GP, so that the, they'll at the very least get to speak to the same GP and hopefully see them. Do you think that would help? I think it would make a huge difference, because I think it's the continuity thing. And also that named GP will know their patient, and they will know what's normal and what isn't normal. 
And I think if you see lots of different GPs, you don't get the continuity. I think it's important for both parties. I think it's important for the GP and I think it's important for the patient, particularly for somebody with dementia. Familiarity is, is, is really, really important. What about the age, 75? Personally, I think that's a bit late mm. because you do get early onset dementia. So I personally would like to see it at, at say, 70 or... Perhaps more controversially, I think once there is a con- confirmed diagnosis of dementia, then you should have a named doctor, wh- whatever the age. Mm. I, no, I, I, I agree with you. I think, I think that you, you should, I think continuity, particularly for people with um, the, the memory problems, the yeah. continuity and routine is, are all very beneficial, aren't they? they? It makes a huge difference. Alistair's routine was very, very important to him. Um, and it, 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 it was a safety. It was a sa- you know it was familiar and what was what was normal, and it gave him a, a structure and safety, and, th- and that is really really important. Margaret, can I hear a cat mewing in the the background there? I'm afraid you can. Oh, yes, it's a noisy little thing. Who's that? This is this is little Emma, and she's nineteen. Oh, oh, nineteen. So she's a rather grand old lady. Well, she's she's allowed to make a racket then in that case. I think so. My my cat turned fifteen at the weekend, and I, I was worried that there wasn't long left, but I, I could have another four years in her. You could indeed. Fantastic, yes. Margaret. I really appreciate your time this morning. Thank you very much. Thank you. There you go. Could you hear that little mewing, little mewing in the background there? Always want to get there. Always want to kind of just get in there a bit, don't they? It's Margaret Morgan, uh, Morgan Owen uh, from Buckinghamshire, who was uh, her husband, Alistair's carer for a long time. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. So my cat's 15, Velvet. I've had Velvet for 13 years. 13 years. I've known her longer than my children, longer than my wife. Um, 13 years. And um, we're talking to the boys about her birthday and we went out and we bought some presents. We bought a little cat toy and we bought some cat treats and we, we bought some, some, some nice chicken and stuff. And uh, so, Daddy, how old, is, how old is Velvet? She's 15. Okay. So she might die. Yeah, you know what? She might die. She might. She will die. And, you know, it, it could be could be soon. We might have a few more years. Oh. When she dies, can we get a guinea pig? Wow. Isn't that cold? They are cold a bit, aren't yeah, they? When she dies, can we get a guinea pig? Right. Uh, no. Good question. It is a good question. The answer, the answer is no. Uh, we've got that flipping rabbit. And which, boys, you don't seem to take that much interest in anymore. It's just me. That was literally knee deep in rabbit poo yesterday. Not literally. That would be obscene. But there was a lot of uh, rabbit. I got rabbit poo on my jeans. In fact, uh, we are not. It's, all right, getting... it's only hay, isn't it? <coughs> no. Well, they're, they're, those pellets. I was in. The, here's a story for, for for you parents. So I was at home the other day, and I was putting the kids to bed, and I noticed some, something on the floor. I thought it was a sultana. I picked it up, and I'm no, squeezing it. No, you didn't. If it wasn't a sultana, it, it was a. A person's. A person's poo. <laughs> I'm there just squeezing it, going, "Oh, this is a funny salt." Oh no! At least you didn't. Oh no! I, I, but no, but I did. <laughs> you, you have. As to. a parent, you sniff everything. You sniff everything these days. <laughs> oh wait, four five nine four double five five double five is the telephone number. It's BBC Three Counties Radio. This is Ian Lee. It's quarter past seven. Let's get the travel news now with Alice. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M25, anti-clockwise, there's been an accident involving multiple vehicles around Junction 25 for Enfield. Queues at the moment already going back to Junction 27 for the M11. 
On the clockwise carriageway just before junction 25 for Enfield, a vehicle's broken down in lane 3, and that's causing congestion on the sensors back to junction 24 for Potter's Bar. Thanks to Joe for phoning in with updates. On the M1 at London bound, things are heavy going between junction 10 for Luton and 9 for Redbourne. And on the speed sensors between Amersham and Chalfont St Giles, London Road looking heavy as you approach Chalfont St Giles. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much, Alice. Excellent as always. 7.16. Tuesday the 1st of April, I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A £90 million NHS scheme designed to speed up the diagnosis of dementia starts today. Every person over the age of 75 will have a named accountable GP. Labour are calling for an urgent investigation into the Yarlswood Immigration Centre in Bedfordshire after the death of a 40-year-old woman there on Sunday. And in sport, England football fans have criticised the £90 price tag of an official World Cup replica shirt. If there's anybody out there who can explain to me and justify £90 for a football shirt, could you give me a call? 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Every weekday morning. The shop didn't want to give me them back, so I went to the shop, paid them a fee to get my cylinders back. The JVS Show fights for your rights and tackles your consumer problems. I went to speak to this company and I asked them what had happened. It took me absolutely ages to get through to anyone. If you need our help, email jvsshow at bbc.co.uk. After our last discussion about my cylinders, the, the governing body showed up at my house on the following day. And we could do the same for you. Thanks, Denise. And for the company for getting her cooker back up and running, here's your horn. The JVS Show, weekday mornings from nine on BBC Three Counties Radio. Now, a St Albans man is hoping to lay his uncle to rest 70 years after his plane crashed during World War II. Sergeant Roland Hill's Halifax bomber crashed in marshland outside Berlin Berlin, in 1943 and has remained there ever since. Well, we'll be speaking to his last remaining relative, Graham Hill, in about an hour's time for his reaction to the news that archaeologists plan to finally recover the wreckage. But before that, we're joined by David Keane from the Royal Air Force Museum. Morning, David. Good morning, Ian. Now, I have to say, look, let me... Let me take this card. Your museum is... Uh, it, it, it's a wonderful place. I used to live very near it, and I have boys who are... Well, they're now four and two, but mm. even when the, young, the oldest was two, we would come to your museum all the time. All the time. It's a, it's a magical place. <laughs> is, that, is that enough, Brain? Yeah, no, you doing is, very well, Ian. It, it, Thank it you for re- that. It is really good. It's got some amazing things to see, uh, and it's also got a brilliant kids section, so I, I thoroughly recommend it. Let's go back to Roland Hill, his Halifax bomber. What do we know about uh, the, the, the mission that he was on? Well, this was uh, a, a very big air, uh, mission. We lost 63 aircraft on that night, mm. um, so it was very big. Um, uh, there were 30 Halifax bombers, like the one that Roland was in, that were shot down. Or, or didn't return. Um, so it was one of three great attacks on Berlin made in the f- last week of August, mm. the first week of September in 1943, in an attempt to force the Germans to come to a surrender quickly. Didn't work. Uh, 
We know that now. Yes, yes. Um, that wasn't clear at the time. And uh, we have to remember that uh, General Milch, one of the top people in the Luftwaffe, said that after the raid on Hamburg, which had happened earlier in 1943, mm. six more like that and Germany would have been finished. Mm. So at the time, it seemed very straightforward. And that was the right thing to do as far as uh, Arthur Harris, the air, uh, air commander of uh, Bomber Command, was concerned. But... Um, Roland's aircraft was uh, typical of an RF crew of the time. It had uh, Australian pilot, uh, another Australian was in the crew, a Canadian, and uh, several people from Britain as well. So it uh, typified that uh, participation by nationalities from all over the world in fighting against Nazi Germany. And so, it, how many people would there have been on the plane in total? There was a crew of seven. Seven, okay. Yeah, uh, okay. the pilot was William Burgum. He came from Australia. He was aged 21. Roland was the uh, flight engineer who assisted the pilot in flying the plane. You couldn't do it without him. And he was untypically a bit older. He was 32. Right. But the average age of a bomber crew at this time was about 22. So they wow. were all very kids. young men. Just yeah, kids, absolutely. Really. What would the flight engineer have done? What, what, what would have been his, his role? Um, his uh, job is obviously to keep the aircraft flying. The captain, the pilot, is steering it, basically. And uh, the flight engineer controls the propellers, the speed of the engines, watches all the instruments, four of those, of course, four-engine bomber, mm. um, transfers the fuel from one tank to another to keep the aircraft balanced properly. So he's busy all the time throughout the whole flight. And a trip to Berlin and back, they, they took off from uh, RAF Lisset in Yorkshire. So you were looking at an eight-hour flight. Wow. Of course, as far as this crew was concerned, it was much less than that yeah. because they didn't come back. The, the Halifax, was it, was it a big aeroplane? It was, yes. Um, in Bomber Command, we have two great aircraft, the Lancaster and the Halifax. And it's similar in fighter command to the Spitfire and the Hurricane. Mm. The Spitfire is better known, more glamorous, perhaps. And in Bomber Command, the Lancaster is the better known aircraft. And, of course, we can still see one of these flying in our skies from the Battle of Britain Memorial flight today. Um, but the Halifax was a very similar-sized aircraft, in some ways much more comfortable for the crew. It's easier to move about inside a Halifax. Mm. And um, it did, did the job. And on this particular raid, there were more Halifaxes than anything else. 30 Halifaxes, 21 Lancasters, and 12 Stirlings, which was the biggest of the lot, but which didn't have the performance. Now, if I got this right, some of the crew were rescued, but, but Roland wasn't. What, why would, do we know why that would have been? Do we know any details about that? No, none of the crew were rescued. Uh, none of the crew they were, were rescued? They were all killed. Right, OK. Um, but two of them, the wireless operator, Sergeant Arthur Cox, and one of the air gunners, um, again an Australian, Harla, Harley Harbour, um, their bodies were recovered. Right, And okay. they're buried in the cemetery in Berlin. But the rest of them, uh, they've never been recovered. Um, the aircraft came down in a very wooded area where it's dotted with lakes. It's a very pretty part of Germany. Um, but the ground is very marshy. And, of course, the aircraft would have broken up on impact with the ground. So uh, the bodies are scattered around or maybe still within the wreckage of the aircraft. Gosh. 70 years later... Um, how unusual is it for, for a project like this to be taking place? Well, it happens surprisingly often. Right. Um, and we're even today hearing about um, people being dug up from the First World War, so 100 years ago. Yep. Um, but, you know, the scale of this raid, um, there were 63 aircraft shot down, so there were a huge number of aircraft took part in the raid. Mm. Um, so there are a lot of aircraft wrecks out there still. And what would happen to the to the the wreck once they find it where would it go well um there's not likely to be very much left um we're talking 70 years ago uh, it crashed 
um, air crashes are obviously very damaging, so there's not likely to be much left in the way of aircraft now. Um, Actually, at our museum, the Royal Air Force Museum in London, we have the only genuine, complete, surviving Halifax bomber, wow. which was recovered after spending 31 years underwater. So it's, an, again, wow. a bit of aircraft archaeology. Yeah. Uh, conservation of that aircraft is a nightmare. Um, we daren't move it, otherwise we're going to end up with a heap of aluminium dust. Yeah. So it sits on a kind of bed of shingle in the museum. We've displayed it in its as-found condition. Oh, is it the one that's full of holes? It is. I yes. know exactly the aeroplane. Yes, it's, it's kind. It's kind sort of near the entrance of the the, the main hangar, isn't that's it? That's right. Going, it yeah. is. Yes. I know yes. exactly. How funny! I know exactly where that is. Um, I, I believe there's talk that Canada might be interested in, well, in any bits of this one that the, they can the, find. Um, how does it? How does it work? Who claims provenance? Did do, do you bid for it? Or? No, not at all. Um, the whole matter has to be handled very sensitively because yep. if this is a war grave, then it shouldn't be disturbed at all. Right. Um, but. Uh, the people who do this will know what they're doing. Mm. Um, I'm not sure which museum in Canada it is that's interested, but, of course, one of the crew, Sergeant Gordon Harrison, who was one of the air gunners, he was Canadian, flew from with the Royal Canadian Air Force, um, and, again, he's one of the missing. So uh, the, the people who are missing, there are five of those in the crew, um, are all commemorated on the Air Force's memorial at Runnymede. It's an incredible story. I mean, it's, it's an incredible mission that was that was uh, undertaken, and the fact that seventy years later, it's still, um, you know, it's still significant and it's still being talked about. Well, it is significant. Um, we have to remember that Bomber Command was in action from the first day of the war to the last. Mm. For most of the war, the only way by which the Allies could hit at Germany. Um, and after the war, of course, successive governments have denied the survivors of Bomber Command the honour of a campaign medal. Mm. About 125,000 volunteers altogether from all over the world. 55,573 of those young men never came back. Um, we are, have at last a splendid memorial in Green Park, and I'd urge listeners to go and visit that in, in central London, a proper and appropriate museum to Bomber Command. And uh, the Bomber Command Association, of which I have the honour to be the uh, vice chairman. Oh, here we go. Still raising money to maintain that Good memorial. For you. Well done. Uh, Easter's come out. Have you got anything special going on at the museum? Yes, we've got a story time activity for small children. Yeah. Um, so we're open every day from ten till six, uh, including weekends, bank holidays, and so on. It's and free to get in, isn't it? It's free yes. admission. Uh, Which is why, well, partly why we loved it. A, it's a really cheap car park, and B, it's free to get in. And, and I live literally not anymore, but I lived ten minutes, fifteen minutes away from it in North London. Uh, and the boys would always. Can we go to the, the airplane museum? Uh, yeah, sure, why not? It's a free day out. We'll have well, some of that. Do you know, Ian, there's a lot of families like that. Yeah. And uh, they just pop in for a short time, That's maybe. massive. Which you can do as it's free admission, or maybe spend the whole day there. Um, a day is not long enough to see all no. the exhibits that are there. But, it's um, massive. The first time I went, I th- thought that that first hall, you know, the small hall, I thought that was it. So we spent ages in that first hall with the Donald Duck aeroplane and all of those things. And then you walk through the door, and there's the real exhibition. And we're like, oh, I see, this is it, right. It, it's a common reaction, we when we get people who visit, they say, I didn't realise it was so big. Yep. And also, I didn't realise it was so interesting. Yep. Yep. It's not just for aeroplane nuts. No, you're, you're right. It really, is a, it really is a good day out. And I say it's free, and you, you don't get many of those uh, very often. Uh, David, thank you very much indeed. I you're very welcome, your It's the Royal Air Force Museum. If you were going to go have a look at that, it's online. You can find out all about that. 08459 455 555. Call 08459 455 BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much. 
Oh, wait, sorry, I'm just banging on about this aeroplane museum. It's, I was just thanking David. He's uh, you, Your girls possibly wouldn't like it, would they, no, Catherine? Well, I don't know. They might do. My dad used to take me when yeah. I was a little girl. I loved it. My boys absolutely love it. Absolutely love it. And it's um, it, it, it's free. So I absolutely love it. It's massive. It's flipping massive. And you can go and sit in some of the aeroplanes and stuff. And uh, I feel a day out coming on. Yeah, it's good. It's a good place. Oh wait, four five nine four double five five double five is the phone number. We have got some Facebook comments on. Uh, oh, let's do these texts on uh, on, on football. On all kinds. On all kinds. Uh, Ian, if you are dumb enough to pay ninety pounds for a football shirt, then you deserve to be ripped off. Says Nick, who spelt the word dumb wrong. Oh dear. Hey. John in Marsh Farm says, the day after the first World Cup game, direct sports will have them up for £9.99. <laughs> you got to love a bit of direct torture. Is JJB still going? I think so. That's, okay. Um, Shirley says... There's athletes out there. There's a lot of athletes. Fatleths. Is that, no, is that a word? It's almost a word. Uh, Shirley, talking about the strike we were talking about earlier on, or the protest that's happening today with some workers. I'm really fed up. All of these people protesting or going on strike, they want to try living on a pension and pay a mortgage and all the other bills and shopping. They want to try that. And uh, Phil the Fruit says, Ian, I think this new 7 to 10 a day... Uh, coffee counts as a fruit, doesn't it, Kelly Burtz? Yes, bean. Bean. <laughs> I've got some of Kelly's beans. Thank you. Oh, uh, I think the new 7 to 10 a day government guideline on fruit consumption is a great thing. Maybe I'll even sell enough fruit and veg to afford a new England shop for the World Cup. Boom, he's done it. He's got in there. Thank you, Phil. 08459 <laughs> Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M25 anti-clockwise, there's been an accident around Junction 25 for Enfield involving multiple vehicles. Queues on the sensors going back to before Junction 27 for the M11, creeping back to the Brook Street roundabout at the moment. Also, the clockwise carriageway just before Junction 25 for Enfield. A lorry's broken down in Lane 3, causing congestion to Junction 24 for Potter's Bar. Thanks to Joe for the update. Also, the M1 London bound on the sensors, very slow between Junction 11 for Dunstable and 9 for Redbourne. The A1M southbound, slow around Junction 7 for Stevenage. And on the speed sensors, the A5 southbound, very heavy going around Mark Yates. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 7.30, I'm Simon Oxley. A £90 million NHS scheme designed to speed up the diagnosis of dementia starts today. Every person over the age of 75 will have a named accountable GP. Labour are calling for an urgent investigation into the Yarlswood Immigration Centre in Bedfordshire after the death of a 40-year-old woman there on Sunday. Council workers in Milton Keynes will stage a protest about low pay this lunchtime and researchers at University College London have called on the government to update its five-a-day healthy eating advice. They say this should go up to at least seven portions of fruit and veg and perhaps ten. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Bottom of the table, Stevenage host League One leaders Wolves tonight. Victory would lift Graham Westley's side out of the relegation zone. We got to do what Crawley did, didn't we? Um, Crawley didn't uh, look at their league position. They looked at the 11 players that were going out and they just decided to be better than them on the night. Um, Ipswich came here and they're a, a big club too and they got turned over and uh, the players that night played very well. 
Luton Town are at Dartford in the conference. The Hatters are 13 points clear at the top of the table, despite defeat at the weekend. Manager John Still will again be without midfielder Andy Parry. People don't realise the obstacles we've had. We've had overcome lots of obstacles this season, I tell you, more so than I think lots of seasons. This has been, a, I think, a, a much more difficult season in lots of ways, but... At the moment, all we're worried about is is what the next game is, which is Dartford. And there's commentary on Stevenage and Luton in tonight's Three Counties Sport from Seven. Manchester United host holders Bayern Munich in the first leg of their Champions League quarter-final. Ryan Giggs says United can cause an upset. They're obviously a very strong team, probably favourites in, in most people's eyes, but you know, we're, we're Manchester United, we're at Old Trafford and we've seen so many great nights in Europe especially so yeah I mean as players we don't see ourselves as underdogs we see ourselves as Man United playing at home in the Champions League and we can't wait and um, these are the games that you want to be involved in as a player In the Premier League last night West Ham won 2-1 at Sunderland who remain four points from safety In the Southern Premier Division tonight leaders Hemel Hempstead host Chippenham Bedford Town go to Bashley Biggleswade host Totten and this year's Tour of Britain cycle race will include a stage through Buckinghamshire and finishing in Hertfordshire Stage 6 on Friday September the 12th will go from Bath to Hemel Hempstead BBC Three Counties News and Sports The next full bulletin is at 8 Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. There's lots to talk about this morning. You're, you seem... Well, you, I was going to say you seem quite healthy, Catherine, and that's inaccurate. Um, you seem fit. No, again, that's inappropriate. Wow. You have two young daughters. I imagine you look after their diet. Try to. There we go. Try my very see. best. Sometimes it's hard when you're tired and they've been at school all day and they just want something quick. Yeah. But you just got to plan ahead a bit. My boy's new thing is, new thing, they've been doing it for a while, is um, they want to eat bowls of cereal, like like dry cereal. Oh, yeah, mine does that. So I does it to, like milk? No, so I have to constantly go and get um, the bowls of cocoa pop, dry cocoa pops, and they oh. just sit there chomping as though they're like crisps or something, which I suppose is not, it's not that bad, is it? Cocoa pops, though. Well, that, Quite that sugary. Yeah, but that, that monkey seems to do all right with them. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's obviously swapped the bananas for the cocoa pops. Yeah, they must have a reason for that. Monkeys know what monkeys like, don't they? Monkey see, monkey do. Monkey do eat cocoa pops. Barrel full of monkeys, etc. Anyway, oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Do you? Do, how many fruit and veg per day do you eat? I can't believe anybody eats the five, let alone seven to ten. I've just vowed that I'm going to sort myself out. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I am. You know, I can't, I'd probably really? manage seven, but I'll try to eat a bit more. I, I'm talking about my diet. Okay. I could lead a very sedentary lifestyle if I wasn't careful. I need to sort it out. I, I've kind of given up on, on, on my health. I, I have. I don't go to the gym anymore. I started running earlier this year. I just can't be bothered anymore. You went running. I don't run. I went running for a bit. I can't be bothered. I've got, I've got um, massive boobs, right? <laughs> I have, I have. I've got. Look. I think that happens. Look, I've got a tip for you. Yeah. Are you ready? Yeah, go on. Do you have an electric toothbrush? Um, where's this going? Well, do you? Yes, I do. You know, it's two minutes. Yeah. While you're cleaning your teeth, jog on the spot really fast. <laughs> I thought Honestly. it was going to be about your man boobs. All right, Mr. Motivator. <laughs> Why? I do it at least three times a day. It's really good. How many times a day do you brush your teeth? Like that. Like that. <laughs> You could have a nasty injury, do you? Yeah. There's that exercise where if you do everything really quickly, yeah. you burn more no. and your muscles re- repair for longer. Okay. Um, uh, is that going to get rid of my moobs? 
Yeah, anything. I don't think I you think can. I think once I you're think there, diet, there, no diet makes a difference. I, when I when I um, when I run for a bus, I have to hold, hold my chest. It's like me running down the Should stairs. Should we get you a bra? Yeah. There's exercise ones. Fine, if it makes life easier. I don't know about moobs. I can tell you about boobs, but that's uh, that could take all day. Tell me about boobs. No, because I know what you're like. Please. But if someone out there has managed to shift the moobs, yeah. Ian Lee needs some tips. Yeah. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Call me now. Call Ian now, please. Uh-huh. Ian, sit down. That's not going to do it. That jog- jogging up and down thing. I was trying to jog up and down on the spot then while Catherine was talking to me, and it's uh, it's not really. I don't think that's made. You sound any- a bit out of breath though. <sighs> you sound like you're done. I am. I think I'm done, Dennis. Good morning. Good morning to you, fair sir. And I've, okay. I've virtually finished myself off then. Well, what's on with you? I'm waiting for this doctor to tell me about my Alzheimer's, actually. Oh, yeah, go on. Oh, no, no, really, oh. what I was talking about, really, originally, was yes. when you were talking about that air crash. Yeah. Oh, yes, yes, yes. It's an exciting story, isn't it? Yes, but you look at the age of those pilots. Now, I was barely 20 when the war finished, and <laughs> I'd already lost two school friends. Yeah. And, and one of them was on a Pathfinder. He must have been barely 19, he was on a Pathfinder. They used to go out first to guide the rest of them behind them. Oh, blimey. And he was shot down, and his brother was shot down. Now, look around now at some of these 18, 19-year-old kids. Could yeah. you imagine them even taking off in an aircraft, never mind fighting? They, they were children, weren't they, basically? They, they were, were children. He went in as 18. Well, he could sign on just after 17, and he went in as 18. And, as I say, you got your training and you went, and we lost a tremendous number of them. It's an interesting thing. I mean, uh, uh, a lot of people in World War II obviously signed up themselves, but there, there was conscription. Oh, yes. So people didn't have the choice. And I wonder, can you imagine if they reintroduced conscription now? I don't think... I was going to say anybody, that's incorrect. I don't think the majority of young people would be prepared to fight for this country. And I'm not judging them for that, because, I, oh. do you know what? I don't think I would be prepared to fight for this country. In fact, I know I wouldn't. Uh, but it's an interesting shift, isn't it, in, in, in attitudes? Mind you, it's a different matter when they're attacking us in the first place. Then you've got to fight for your country, or you might as well just give up and I, get it. Well, again, if we were being attacked by the Nazis today, I'd, I wouldn't want to sign up. I would, I would uh, f- fight tooth and nail to not fight tooth and nail. Well, I don't know. I mean, at 14, I made the biggest knife you've ever seen in your life. I was going to sell my life dearly. Yes. Believe you me, I built this... I just started work. I built this massive... A 14-inch file, and I ground it down like wow. a knife. Wowzers. And I was going to sell my... Mind you, I had a good pair of running shoes. Yeah. Because if anybody's come any me... It had been the Bismarck down Bismarck yes. run right down the middle of the road. Uh, yes, exactly. Dennis, how many fruit and vegetables do you eat? Uh, my wife insists on five. Well, it's not enough. You've got to up it. Five fruit, but I have chips as well. <laughs> well, chips are potatoes. Yes. So that's a, that's a vegetable, isn't it? Well, that it is, that yes, counts. Yes, yes. And yes. I'll eat most vegetables. The only thing I don't like is broccoli. I don't get broccoli. I don't get broccoli. I don't get cauliflower. Oh. I think they're quite bland. Mm. But I do. I do like a Brussels sprout. Oh, but cauliflower cheese—that was one of the oh. dishes you could get during the war. Cauliflower the... cheese is a weird one because let's be honest, all it is—I <laughs> think I've got this right—is cauliflower with cheese poured That's on top right. of it. Yeah. <laughs> That's a weird thing, isn't it? But that was one of the one well, of the dishes you could get in the cafe without having to put the ration why, why don't you get broccoli cheese or carrot cheese? No, I don't like the look. It looks like a weed. It looks like a terrible weed. Yeah, yeah. 
We don't like weeds, do we? Anyway, the best of luck to you today, and I hope nobody pulls your leg. No, if anyone pulls my leg, I'll, I'll punch them in the eye. Well, that's good. Then yeah, we'll learn them. Thank you, Dennis, indeed. I'm not a fan of April Fools. It's a load of old guff. A load of old nonsense. You get cauliflower cheese, you don't get broccoli cheese. Why not? You, you could do it. You, you can would make be, it happen. It, it would be the same thing. Heston d- Blumenthal will have done it. He'll it, it, have done blooming um, smoke rim fatata. Yeah, I bet he has. He probably has. He's writing it down now. That, that doesn't sound bad, does it? A smoke ring fatata. What is a smoke ring? It's, oh, a smoke ring. Yes, yeah, smoke ring. You know what smoke ring is, don't you, Kels? Nope. Like Gandalf. Oh, a smoke ring. <laughs> I'm doing. I'm doing it. I'm blowing a smoke ring from my silk cup. How would you? Do, how would you fatata that? Ask Heston. Heston, he had a machine. You, how would you porridge a snail? He did it. He's oh, you a, just mash it. He's a miracle maker. Anything with snails. Okay, how would you? Um, he smoked an ice cream, didn't mm. he? Didn't he smoke an ice cream? Did he? I think he smoked an ice cream. Was a vile rumor. No, no, no. I'm sure he did. You know, earlier you were talking about square eggs. Yes, I do, mate. I remember that. It was a lot of fun, but it was a highlight of my morning so far, yes. Kath has since bought an egg cuba. Yeah, of course you, I have. And you know when you buy something, lots of other It's rubbish. not a communist egg. That's um, a thing that actually turns your eggs into cubes. <laughs> yeah, Cuban you, eggs are different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I when you buy way. something, the website then throws a load of stuff at you they think that you'll be interested in. Yes, they do. Like a carrot sharpener. Yeah. What? What? You heard. Because sometimes a carrot's not sharp enough. Well, is that so? It's like, a, it's like a weapon. It's like a dart. It looks exactly like a pencil sharpener, but for the carrot. Why would you sharpen a carrot? You I want to stab so you someone? Can, you can have the shavings. Self-defence for greengrocers. Yeah, you can have one of those. And it also um, offered me the uh, egg topper. He thought I was into eggs all of a sudden, so yeah. he's throwing all these things at me. Yeah. You can make um, car-shaped eggs, apparently. Yeah, like fried heart thing. heart-shaped Yeah, I've eggs. seen the heart-shaped ones for fried eggs, isn't it? You crack the, fr- the egg in there yeah. and it fries it in the shape of a heart. That's romantic. And then it offered me some, like, dipsticks for samples. Yeah, I think that's... Like, personal samples. Oh, I don't what? know why really? that would come into their frame of consciousness. Mate, I would check your uh, browsing history in the past. I'm sure <laughs> there may be something going on there. Maybe if you have too many eggs, you might need to... Check yourself out. That could be it. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five is the telephone number. We'll have a little look at the uh, the old front pages, shall we? Sorry. Turn the papers now. Well, we've, we've exhausted the egg talk. Oh, I've exhausted. You've exhausted me with your. Let's be you've honest. Exhausted. Don't. You've exhausted. You've exhausted me. Stop it. It's not Easter yet. How come my boys off the three weeks? Posh school. Oh, yeah, that'll be it. That'll be it. That's what I'm paying for, him not to go to school. The Times. PM orders inquiry into Islam group terror links. Fears over Muslim Brotherhood in Britain. And there's a picture of a girl wearing a tight white dress. In Leicester Square. Is she wearing it, or is she, according to the paper, showing off? Um, she's not she's showing, showing off. She's off wearing her legs it in the in... Times. All oh, right, she's wearing it. Okay. She's wearing it. Carry the, on. The Guardian. A oh, Game of Thrones. I've never seen this Game of Thrones. <gasps> it's really good. No, I got into it. It's no. quite ridiculous. Dragons and boobs. Yeah, it's quite rude. You'd like it. Nah, I don't watch TV anymore. Don't watch TV. What the about la- even Coach Trip? The last no, I don't watch that. The last thing I watched was that. Um, well, I watched CBBS a lot, not a lot, that, a bit. That'll put you off. I watched um, Doctor Rand yesterday. I love Doctor Rand. No, he needs um, a, a good talk. He's a real doctor, to. you know. Yeah, I know. He's not a real TV presenter, is he? Oh no, he's fantastic. The songs. I don't like the the smoky nurse. I love the smokiness. No right, bag. let's go and fight. Let's. Uh, okay, so you want to know why you're in a wheelchair? Well, let's go and ask. Oh, she's from Barnsley. No, this is that's the Doctor Ange. 
Oh, okay. So you want to know why you're in Not a wheelchair, do you? Let's go and ask um, Smoky Nurse. I am Smoky Nurse, <laughs> and I got my little kids in here to help me now. Then, right. This is what I reckon. You're in a wheelchair, right? Because your legs don't work. Oh. That's what it's like, and they always got to do it. They do a song every few minutes. Yeah, it's for children. Have you got kids, DJ Dave? No. Okay, so you won't know who Dr. Range is? No. He's the bane of my life. Is he? He's almost... He's my nemesis. <laughs> he's my nemesis. Unlike Andy, Andy's Dinosaur Adventures... Can we get the theme tune to Andy's Dinosaur Adventures? Because it's a good song, isn't it, Catherine? I can't remember how it goes. Andy's on a dinosaur adventure. Check it out. No, I don't think we got it. Oh, that's a shame. Yes, Dave. Are, are, are you talking about the old TV, the old children's programmes that used to be on no. time ago? No. Are you talking, talking about new talking ones? About? Talking about oh, new right. ones. New to listen. Everyone says our oh, kids' TV in the seventies was brilliant, and it's rubbish it now. Was, Ro- it was no, 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 no. You go and watch CBBS and CBBC now. Kids' TV now is an infinitely better than the. Utter, utter guff we used to sit through in the 70s yeah, and the right. 80s. Oh, I totally think... Nina <laughs> and the Neurons is a million times better than Rent-A-Ghost. Um, classic Grandpa in My Pocket is a hundred times uh, better than The Perishers. It's just brilliant now. Because a lot of people I know are saying that children's TV today is a little bit of an insult. No, no, they're wrong. They're wrong. They're, watch- they're watching. Wrong. They're watching um, Nick Jr. and CITV, which is guff. Go and watch the BBC <laughs> stuff. It's brilliant. So, so how you been then, mate? I ain't been around for quite some time. You know, things have been. Oh, I've been all right. I've been all right. I had a little bit of a breakdown last week, Dave, but I'm back. But but can I just say you got bad reception on both your transmitters, you know? Oh blimey! Oh, I rang up yesterday to Rob's show and I, yep. I said to them that. The, the, the stereo signal wasn't really all that good. Well, shame on... Well, hang on a second. So, Rob, Rob, Robert Peroni knows about this, does he? Well, I, I didn't speak to Rob himself. I ah, to his okay, because okay, if, if Rob knew about it, I know for a fact that Rob would be up that um, pylon and he would be having a fiddle with those transmissors himself. <laughs> a, because a because that's what he does, and B, because he, he's a bit oh, geeky when it comes to oh, stuff like that. a bit of man, is he? Yeah, he, yeah, he's a little bit. He's a little yeah. bit. Dave, I'm going to... Um, thank you for that. I'm going to pass that information on to Roberto... Um, and I will get him up there with his... La- Seriously, he goes up there with his ladder, his little tool belt, and he climbs up there. Jane, stay there. I'll come to you in a second. Let me do the travel first. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Ongoing problems on the M25 anti-clockwise around Junction 25 for Enfield after an accident. The queues are now going back past the Junction 27 for the M11 and almost back to the Brook Street roundabout. On the clockwise carriageway, just before Junction 25 for Enfield, a lorry's broken down in Lane 3 and the congestion there is going back to Junction 23 for the A1M. On the A1M itself, southbound really looking heavy around Junction 7 for Stevenage. And on the speed sensors, things very busy at the Clop Hill roundabout, the A6 slow heading south in particular. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Alice. 7.46, Tuesday, the 1st of April. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A £90 million NHS scheme designed to speed up the diagnosis of dementia starts today. Every person over the age of 75 will have a named accountable GP. 
Labour are calling for an urgent investigation into the Yarlswood Immigration Centre in Bedfordshire after the death of a 40-year-old woman there on Sunday. And in sport, bottom of the table, Stevenage hosts League One leaders Wolves tonight and conference leaders Luton go to Dartford, although they are down from 17 points to just 13 points, which really isn't quite as good as uh, perhaps they should be. Let's get the weather. Here's Kate. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. A little bit of mist and fog around this morning, especially out towards parts of Berkshire. The Met Office do have a yellow weather warning in place for that, but it is gradually lifting. That's only going to be valid until nine o'clock, where we should start to see the sunshine. Most of us already seeing blue sky, maybe a bit hazy, but we'll see some sunshine proper through the course of the day. And the temperature steadily rising as well, maximum 19 Celsius. This could spark off one or two showers, but most of us should stay dry through the sea. We get one or two mist and fog patches developing again overnight tonight, but not quite as extensive as the night we've just had. Minimum temperature down to around 6, maybe 7 Celsius. A rather murky start for Wednesday, but again getting brighter through the course of the day with some sunny spells and warm again tomorrow. Maximum temperature 19 Celsius. And that's your forecast. When you need local news. The headlines, two jailed for the killing of a teenager in Luton. When you need local travel. Queuing northbound for Welling around Junction 5 up towards Nedworth. When you need local weather. We've got plenty more showers this afternoon, becoming more widespread and quite heavy at times. BBC Three Counties Radio is here with local up-to-date news and travel bulletins throughout the day. You'll always be up to date. BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Uh, Jane's in Ellsbury. Morning, Jane. Good morning, Ian. Good morning, Jane. How are you? I'm all the better for hearing your beautiful, beautiful voice. <laughs> Come on. Cheeky little giggle there. Lovely. Oh, it sounds like you're being tickled on the feet. Oh! <laughs> You got me going, baby. <laughs> Jane, what can I do for you this morning? You and your man boobs, I'm afraid there's no way but surgery. What? Your man boobs. You, what, that, what, what do you mean surgery? Um, to get them off, because apparently... I was watching a programme called Embarrassing Bodies. Oh, I hate that programme. I know, I know. Oh, it's I'm, disgusting. I'm, I'm also, the thing is, if they're so embarrassed about their bodies, they're too embarrassed to go to their doctors about it. Why yeah, are they going on, on national TV? television showing off exactly. their flabby bums? <laughs> Dirty. Yes. Yeah, but apparently you can't diet them away or exercise them away. You have to have surgery to get rid of them. So I'd have to have my, my man boobs cut off? Yes. I'll leave them then. I'll leave them. It is, it is odd, though, Jane. When I, when I run for a bus, yeah. I have to hold my chest. <laughs> no, I heard. That's terrible. <laughs> it is for a bloke. It is. <laughs> I, I nearly asked you a question that's inappropriate, so I stopped myself. Jane, thank you very much for the advice. I shall, Catherine, what on earth are you doing? Thinking about running down the stairs. <laughs> oh, wowzers. Ruth's in High Wycombe. Good morning, Ruth. Good morning. Ruth, what, what can I do for you? Um, you were on about children's television now being guff. Uh, sorry, children's television of the 70s and 80s being guff. Yeah. Um, no, Ian, you've got it around the wrong way. 70s and 80s children's TV was the best. The television now is guff. Absolutely rubbish. Absolutely. I mean, you were on about Rent-A-Ghost. Yes. Rent-A-Ghost, the best! 
Utter, utter rubbish. Total, it was... Uh, do, have you got kids now, Ruth? Oh, I've got a six-year-old, and I sit and watch right. the rubbish that he watches. What? It's total rubbish. Tell me what your six-year-old watches. He watches the regular show. What? He watches um, things like um, Fifi and Peppa Pig. You're watching the wrong channel, love. You're watching the wrong channel. You know. You're watching the wrong channel. You're oh. watching the commercials. I do not want <laughs> Oh, hang on a sec. Who's that? That's him. What's his name? Hang on, Paul. Go, let me speak to Paul. I don't want to hang speak to you, Ruth. <laughs> I want to speak to Paul. Say hello. Paul? Paul? Hey, Paul, how are you doing? Fine. You're right. What's, uh, you're six years old, yeah? Yeah. What's, what's your mum banging on about? You watch Peppa Pig. I do not. So, to, to, why, why don't you like Peppa Pig? I hate it. Why do you hate it? <laughs> oh, he tells me he hates it. No, I want to, I want to talk to Paul. Put Paul oh, back on. Back downstairs. He's embarrassed. Paul's an odd name for a child in the 21st century, isn't it? No. no? You know, there's more and more people. Are they? It's coming back. Yeah. It's making uh, It's making a great... Yeah, you're not going for, for you know, a Keanu or a... Oh, no. No, you've not gone for anything like that or a no. Rooney. No, Oh, OK. I mean, the children's programmes of the 70s and 80s, they sort of meant things. I mean, there was, like, things like Mary, Munger and Mitch. Oh, no, no, no. Listen, the next we'll be doing a phone-in about legalising cannabis and bringing back hanging. <laughs> no, Ruth, you're wrong. You're watching the wrong channel. Watch, yeah, but, C- yeah, but... watch CBBC, because no. those programmes oh, are brilliant. That's even worse. No, what are you talking about? It's even worse. Mr. Maker is flipping brilliant. He's better than Tony Hart ever was. Oh, Tony Hart, Tony Hart, and Morph were the best. Who's, your, who's the fella? You got a really gobby family. Who's the fella in the background? That's my husband. What's his name? Jez. Let me speak to Jet. Jez. Okay, Jez. Oh, Jez. <laughs> Jez. Jez. What on earth are you talking about? Morph's fantastic. Seventies and eighties kids no, TV. No, no, Sorry. no. Sorry. It's no, rubbish. No. The new stuff is. It just. It just hasn't got it. No. no, it's got it. It's got it in bucket. Have you not seen Nina and the New? Neurons. Nina and the nut jobs. Yeah, yeah. Well, on one level, let's be honest, Dad, she's hot, right? So that well, works. She is, she's fit, I'll give you that. Yeah, she's okay. Fit. And she's teaching, she was teaching the kids yesterday what. Okay, here's a question, Jez, right? You, you learnt so much from the TV in the 70s and the 80s, you breathy fool. Why does when someone yawns, why does somebody else yawn? Well, it's contagious, isn't why it? Why is it contagious? Um, you I don't, don't know. You don't is, know. If you'd been watching Nina and the Neurons last night at 4.40, you would know why yawns were contagious. Yet you watch TV all through the 70s and the 80s, and you haven't got a clue why they're contagious. Yes, but it was just better. Jez, I win. Thank you very much indeed. I think I won that argument. I won that argument, what, didn't Michael I? Michael's in him off? Yeah, well, <laughs> yes, I'm playing to the Steve... Yes, well done you. I'm playing to the Steve Boothbys on Facebook, yes, possibly. But I know why yawns are contagious... He doesn't. Mm -hmm. Ipso facto, children's television now is better. Can you tell us why they're contagious? It's very, very complicated, and I've I've got to go on to this next story. So, but, I mean... um, uh, She didn't explain it that well, if I'm honest. Didn't sink in, no? No. Isn't it about group survival? Yeah, sure. Why not? So, so really, it, you don't know how yawns... Right, I'm going to do the thing about Stinky Shepherd. People passing through Shepherd may have noticed a horrible smell in recent months. It's claimed 
the sewage system can't cope with the pace at which the Bedfordshire town is growing. Well, our reporter, Stinky Simon Watts, has been to check it out. Well, Sheffield is a town that is growing, and it's doing so at a really rapid pace. Its population had increased by nearly a quarter in the last census, and in the three years since then, it's been getting even bigger. There are two housing developments in the process of being built, with 175 new homes and a planning application for a third in the pipeline. Add to that a thriving high street with many new businesses and the rare sight of no empty shops. This is a thriving area. But can the town cope with such changes? Well, some people here have started to notice a bit of a pong. Yes, there is. Isn't there the sewage? You've had it and then there's sewage up here. It's just the size of the the extra load that's being put on all the sewage. Shepherd is getting bigger. Housing sites being built up everywhere. We've had them come out several times. The smell Mm. is, is really bad. Well, I'm stood at the St Francis Park development. You can probably hear some of the building work going on in the background right now. And it's the building of these new homes here and around the town which are claimed to be taking their toll on the sewage system. I have to say, as I stand here on a sunny afternoon, it's not as bad as I may be expected. But as you've just been hearing there, many people have been experiencing issues. Now, it's a problem that Anglian Water have already flagged up in consultation with the council, stating that the foul sewage network capacity has been reached. Clearly, still, the smell exists. We can talk now to the Mayor of Shefford, Paul Mackin. Morning, Paul. Good morning, Ian. What's going on with Stinky Shefford? Well, it's a, it's a problem we've had for some years. Um, Anglian Water are only just getting to actually recognise it as a problem uh, but for several years now we've had to have uh, several tankers per week come in to help empty the system. Uh, oh. The problem is is when, when the pipes were put in back in the sort of early 50s, it, the, the town was a very much smaller place or it was a, vi- it was a village then yeah. um, and a lot of the pipe work is the wrong size. It, you've got things like 6 inch pipes running into 4 inch pipes ah. uh, and of course it causes massive backups uh, we've had problems with sewage coming out into people's gardens, uh, out into the roadway and all sorts of things. Over the last couple of years, Anglian Water have put in um, some, some great big uh, attenuating tanks which um, should relieve some of the problems. But it's only a, it's only a Band-Aid on, on, a, on a bad Well, cut. what needs to be done, Paul? Does the whole town need to be replumbed? Uh, unfortunately, it's coming down to something like that. Oh, gosh. Um, we, Sounds we, expensive. Uh, yes, and, and that's why Anglian Water have been shying away from it for several years. Um, apparently, the, the, the rules are that they're not allowed to refuse to connect uh, an estate or a system to their system. Right. Uh, what have they uh, adopted afterwards is another thing, and we've got some systems around the town uh, it, that go into smaller states that are not yet adopted by them. We've got a sta- Let me read you the statement from Anglian Water. They say it hasn't been made aware of any specific odour issues in the Shefford area. Uh, they say towns and cities all across our region are growing, and those in Bedfordshire are no exception. However, we work with the developers to make sure any new projects won't adversely impact our network and we make the necessary upgrades where they're needed. Yeah, if you believe that, you'd believe a politician, wouldn't you? Uh, the, the problem is, I mean, I, I know for certain fact that over the last 10 years we've, we've, we've made quite plain to Anglian Water, to uh, Central and earlier Mid-Beds Council, that we have problems. In fact, one of the main problem points uh, is right outside one of our ward councillors' houses, so they, they can't say that nobody is aware of it. It, it. it really is a major problem. If we get a heavy rainfall, uh, we're going to get sewage coming out into the street somewhere. You can almost bet on it, um, and particularly, I mean, during the last rainfall 
before we had the, the heavy yeah. floods and, and things like that. I mean, people couldn't flush toilets and all sorts of things. The problem is, is that one of the big developments they're putting in now is at the top of the hill. So if you understand how stuff rolls downhill, uh. it's only going to make it worse for the people already in the town. It's not going to make it worse for the people on the top of the hill. It sounds thoroughly unpleasant, Paul. I hope, you, I hope you make progress and you get to sort it out. Keep in touch with us and let us know how you progress. That's the Mayor of Shefford, Paul Mackin. 08459 455 555 is the phone number. Or you can text 81333. Start your text 3CR. Um, this football shirt that's costing £90. £90 for an England shirt works out at about 30 quid per match that we'll end up playing in Brazil, says Phil. And uh, now, £19 shirt price probably was set by one probably earning footballers' wages. Mad money, mad prices for mad people. Who pays that price equals Norbert. Now, are they saying that, that whoever pays that price is a Norbert? Or is it sent in by Norbert? I'm confused. Travel news for beds, hearts and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Ongoing queues on the M25 anti-clockwise after an earlier accident around Junction 25 for Enfield. The queue's going back past Junction 27 for the M11 and also the clockwise carriageway just before Junction 25 for Enfield. A lorry has broken down in lane 3. There's congestion on the approach to Junction 23 for the A1M. We had a call in from Keith on the M1 London bound. It's been an accident between Junction 5 for Watford and 4 for Edgware Way. Queues on the approach and very foggy in the area with the speed sign set to 40. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Oh, it's uh, thank you, Jill, for your email. Turns out you can get broccoli cheese. It's called Broccoli Mornay. Who'd, who'd have thunk it? Sounds delicious. I must rush out and get some. <laughs> Not. Yeah. Happy April Fools, guys. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's eight o'clock, I'm Simon Oxley. The headlines, GP scheme to tackle dementia, Labour calls for Yarlswood investigation and football fans criticise £90 World Cup shirts. BBC Three Counties Radio. A £90 million NHS scheme designed to speed up the diagnosis of dementia starts today. Every person over the age of 75 will have a named accountable GP. Margaret Morgan Owen from Waddesdon in Buckinghamshire, who cared for her late husband who died after suffering from dementia, says the scheme could go further. Personally, I think that's a bit late. You do get early onset dementia, so I personally would like to see it at, at, say, 70, or, perhaps more controversially, I think once there is a confirmed diagnosis of dementia, then you should have a named doctor, whatever the age. Labour are calling for an urgent investigation into the Yarlswood Immigration Centre in Bedfordshire after the death of a 40-year-old woman there on Sunday. Shadow Home Secretary Yvette Cooper says the investigation must also examine reports of sexual abuse and bullying of vulnerable women by staff. The Labour MP for Luton South, Gavin Shuker, told the Commons he was called on Sunday morning by someone who'd been talking to people inside Yarlswood. This person told me that the mood there was panicked, that other women detainees had passed out through the shock of what had happened. Can the Minister give me an assurance that additional resources were deployed as early as Sunday morning to help with the situation? 
The spending watchdog, the National Audit Office, has said that Royal Mail shares were sold off too cheaply by the government last October. The shares were priced at 330 pence, but are currently trading at around 563 pence, a rise of 70%. The Business Secretary Vince Cable says ministers wanted to limit the potential damage if the deal went wrong. Council workers in Milton Keynes will stage a protest about low pay this lunchtime. The union Unison claims local government workers' wages have fallen by 18% in real terms since 2010. Caroline Rain is Unison's area organiser. Councils can afford to pay more. They have actually been saving money. Their reserves nationally, I'm not just talking about Milton Keynes, but across the board, since 2010, council reserves have gone up by £2.6 billion. Researchers at University College in London have called on the government to update its five-a-day healthy eating advice. They say it should go up to at least seven portions of fruit and veg and perhaps ten. England football fans have criticised the £90 price tag of an official World Cup replica shirt. The Football Association says it doesn't get involved in pricing, but these fans in Luton this morning aren't impressed. I wouldn't pay £90 for it. I certainly wouldn't. It's far too expensive. People that do, I, th- I believe, are rather silly. Uh, that's a rip-off. I'd never pay £90 for a football shirt. About £45? No, keep going. 50 Keep going. 55 No. £90. God, we're joking. In sport, bottom of the table, Stevenage hosts League One leaders Wolves tonight. Conference leaders Luton are at Dartford. And Manchester United hosts the holders Bayern Munich in the first leg of their Champions League quarter-final. The weather, mist and cloud will lift and break by midday to leave a warm and mostly sunny afternoon. Still the chance of an odd shower, a maximum temperature 18 degrees Celsius. And you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. BBC Three Counties Radio's big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. The old railway used to run through here years ago and a lot of people remember that. It's all about where you live. I do know a lot of people in Shefford from when I was younger and that. And all this week we're featuring Shefford and Chicksands. Friendly, especially the people who are established here. The big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. BBC Three Counties Radio. Looks like uh, I'm off to see the Muppet movie later on today. Guys, anyone? Anyone? Guys? Guys? Oh, I should ask the kids if they want to come as well. They might enjoy it, I don't know. Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Four minutes past eight, April the 1st. April Fools. I'm not a fan of the April Fools. I'm not a fan of the April Fools. Kind of annoying, aren't they? Lots to talk about this morning. We'll be talking uh, about new plans introduced today that say everyone over the age of 75 will have a named accountable GP in a bid to boost dementia dementia detection rates. £90 for a football shirt? You're having a laugh, aren't you? And... How many fruit and veg do you eat a day? Turns out five, which is the advice we've had for years now, is inaccurate. Should be between seven and ten. Oh, blimey. How big are the government's plates, for goodness sakes? Facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. Send me a text, 81333. Start your text, 3CR. Or you can give me a call, 08459 455 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Some Facebook comments on... 
on uh, the football shirts, £90 football shirts. And there's, there's one of these, Catherine, I need your production eye over before I read it out. Basically, can I say the word puffball? What, in relation to what? A formation of dog? Oh, they're being... Uh, they're being derogatory about football players. Right. I well, probably can't say puffball, can I? It's very old-fashioned to yeah. talk, use that word, isn't it? So probably, should we drop Gary's Facebook comment? Can you um, substitute that for something else, or is that the whole point of his comment? You know where you can stick... It, 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 he's got it twice is he a rugby there. player? Is that why? You know where you can stick it's your... manly bants. Yeah, it's manly... I don't think we need manly bants. We don't need manly bants. Um, where can you stick it? Sorry? Where can he stick it? Uh, well, he doesn't specify the sticking of, but I, I, we don't need his manly bands. We can, we can do better than that, Gary. Come on. Um, Anthony, wild man Anthony says, that's way too much. If anything, they should drop the price. In current times, people are struggling to eat and pay bills. The thing is, thinking about this, is a lot of money. It's ridiculous. But people, people, it's the market. Nike wouldn't be pricing. Do you remember we used to call it Nike and Adidas? And, Adidas. Yeah, it's Adidas, isn't it? And uh, Puma. Um, <laughs> Nike wouldn't... Um, and Nestles. Nike wouldn't <laughs> sell it for 90 quid if, if people weren't going to pay it. They know that people will pay it, people will buy it, and they will wear it with pride. It's they crazy, will make their it? money and then some. So I guess if people are stupid enough to pay that much money, if people have the passion and that disposable cash and they want to spend it on a football shirt, then... Actually, I, good luck to them. They're those figure-hugging ones, aren't they? That uh, you know, they they they're worn by these continental football players with yep. great aplomb. But I'm not sure that the great British fig- physique is made for these figure-hugging. No, one mine is, and we're going back to the moves can again. Can you imagine? Yeah, unfortunately, I can. Maybe that's what they're doing. They're trying to price them out. You know, the the tummies out of the market. You saying fat people can't afford ninety pounds for a shirt? No, I'm just saying that. Well, you, well yeah. You no, are, aren't you? You are. You. She said that, dear listener. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Maybe if these people want to pay for these shirts, uh, uh, perhaps good luck to them. On to slightly more serious issues. NHS England will make sure everyone over the age of 75 will have a named accountable GP from today in a bid to boost dementia detection rates. It's investing £90 million in the scheme, which will see practices offering faster diagnosis, as well as offering the most vulnerable 2% of their patients an enhanced service, including same-day telephone consultation and proactive case management, whatever that means. Well, it would suggest that the service hasn't been particularly good for dementia patients in the past. Justin Dealey has been speaking to pensioners in Watford about their local GP. Now I think a, a regular doctor the one and only gets to know all about you and they call you by your first names. And that's clearly very important to you isn't it? That's right to have a friendly doctor who understands you. Eddie you've just turned 75 years old yeah. so you're uh, in a good position to answer this one. Do you have the same GP all the time? I have the same surgery, but, you know, all depends who's uh, vacant at the time, like, you know. Do you think it makes any difference at all, whether you have no. the same doctor or not? Uh, no, if they're good doctors, it don't make no difference. We're very lucky in Sainsbury's uh, car park, North Watford, the Garston surgery there, they're brilliant. So even though it's a different doctor, you've still got full faith that if there was something wrong with you, they would definitely oh, pick yeah. that up? Yeah, oh, they're, yeah. Very, they're excellent, yeah. Now, your GP, how long have you had your GP for? 10 to 12 years this one and how have you found that service great i won't have any other one because he is brilliant i can talk to him and i don't feel ill at ease with any complaints i've got and he just sits there and listens and you have full faith in him yes i have do you think it's really important for over 75s to have the same doctor well i do 
think it is. Oh, no, I have a regular doctor, but they only work part-time. So if I, there is an emergency, then I have to see one of the others. Yeah. It doesn't happen very often. In fact, I can only think of it happening once before. And how good is that bond between yourself and your GP? Oh, yeah, f- perfect. Yeah. Well, there's continuity. She... she knows what to look for when you're over 80 you uh, she she asked me the questions that are relevant to me <clears throat> takes an interest in my general well-being long may it continue well dr mike ingram is a gp in radlett in hertfordshire morning mike Good morning. I'd like to di- diagnose a bit of dementia on the, on the NHS England because their press release and their information is totally inaccurate, I'm afraid. Oh, go on. What, confused, what's, what have they got wrong? Well, they've confused two things. Uh, the, the fact is that GPs are, are, are under, under the new contract uh, being asked to be involved in early diagnosis dementia. Mm. And then there's a separate thing, which is that all people over 75 will be uh, required to have an, the name GP. And that what, what uh, the, the early confusion by NHS England uh, Information Office has obviously confuse the two, so uh, that oh, doesn't so surprise us because they're having a lot of problems up there. Well, but there you are. I just wanted to put the, the no, facts straight. So they've tied. We go on. They've t- oh, thank you very much, Mike. I appreciate it. So they've tied kind of two uh, different initiatives together, have they? Well, I, I think they have, and uh, the initiative that, that, that I totally am um, uh, delighted at, and I think all the, uh, the people you heard on that uh, clip uh, are delighted at, is the fact that we know that continuity of care, that is having your own GP, someone who knows you, who relates to you, who you can trust, often who, who's known you for many years, who's, known, who's, who's seen your children grow up, is vital if we're going to maintain an efficient and, uh, and effective general practitioner service. Why can't everyone have that is it is it financial no, I think to some extent it's the way uh, practices decide to organise themselves. As one of your um, uh, voices that there in the, that you interviewed said, uh, a lot of part-time working now. We're seeing a change in the in the nature of general practice. Some people, are, are of, many, many more women are coming in and when they're having children, for example, they're working part-time, which means it's more difficult to have a continuity of care and named GPs. Uh, many men also are working part-time. The fact is that, that we... As a, as a practice here in Radlett, as a, many of our patients listening will know, that, that we have, a, have always worked a, a fairly strict uh, own, your own GP mm. system. Other practices in the area have much more flexibility, but certainly uh, as a practice here, we've always had the philosophy that having one GP who's responsible for you, in inverted commas, who, who is dealing with all the issues from paperwork to blood results to referral to, to whatever, means that, that you develop that relationship and that GP gets to know you really well uh, and you can you, it really makes general practice care and job satisfaction better for the patient uh, better for the doctor same day telephone consultation is that practical well that's really for people at high risk right um uh, and and this is what your uh, as you reported this risk profiling mm. uh, uh development uh the, the full details haven't even been uh released yet from nhs england they're a bit tardy in giving us the the actual uh, black and white nuts and bolts regulations there but the idea will be that people who are identified as being at high risk will have access on the telephone to the practice so that uh, discussions can be made and we can try and make sure that early action prevents uh, health matters deteriorating. I think one has to see that that as being a good thing. 
so okay so th- th- there are two things here that, w- that that have been confused together in one the one is that over 75s will um have a named gp so, so what's Absolutely. the specific um, um, dementia uh, initiative that's being introduced there well that that's a dementia initiative that's been going on for the last couple of years right. and that's trying to uh, encourage gps to be aware of dementia to be involved in, and to intervene at an early stage uh, with pay- people with dementia to refer early to to the various dementia services that exist within the community and there are various initiatives to do that. Uh, the difficulty, of course, is with an ageing population uh, and the incre- uh, means you're getting an increasing amount of dementia. And it's important, uh, as far as we're concerned in general practice, that if we are identifying people at, uh, uh, who have got uh, earlier signs of dementia, that there are services there that can support both the patient mm. and the family who are looking after them. And development of that is going to be vital. Uh, one worry I think we have as doctors is seeing cutbacks in uh, local authority budgets, uh, which aren't protected like health budgets, means that often the social services support for people with dementia might not be up to the mark when it comes to, uh, uh, to us making the diagnosis, where's the extra help coming from? And, th- and that's a worry that, that has to be addressed. Of course, it's, it's a problem as we are living longer. It's a problem that's going to get worse and worse, isn't it? Well, I think one thing I've seen, I'm afraid I'm getting on a bit, and one thing I've seen in my career in general practice is the, is the rapid expansion of our own success. A lot of people, as we heard from that gentleman over 80, uh, the, the numbers of people over 80 are getting larger and larger. And with that comes uh, not just one illness, but many people have got two or three illnesses interacting, mm. complexities occur. And that's putting, changing general practice to, so that we're dealing with people who are vulnerable, people are often going in and out of hospital, people have got complex illnesses, perhaps diabetes, plus bronchitis, plus heart disease, and you've got to be able to, to sort of uh, try and sort out all those problems uh, and, and try and keep people well in their own homes for longer. That's what we're trying to do. Mike, I appreciate your time and I appreciate your clarification. Dr Mike Ingram, a GP in Radlitz. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The M25 anti-clockwise is queuing after an accident around 25 for Enfield. Those queues going back to Junction 28 for the Brook Street roundabout. We've also got problems on the clockwise carriageway after a lorry broke down just before Junction 25 for Enfield with congestion back to Junction 22 for St Albans. We had a call in from Keith on the M1 London bound. One lane is blocked between Junction 5 for Watford and 4 for Edgware Way after an accident. Queues are going back to Junction 6A for the M25. It's very foggy in the area and the speed signs are set to 40. We've also got some queues on the M1 London bound showing up on the speed sensors around Junction 11 for Dunstable. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Alice. Right, it's 8.16, it's Tuesday the 1st of April. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A £90 million NHS scheme designed to speed up the diagnosis of dementia starts today. Every person over the age of 75 will have a named, accountable GP. Council workers in Milton Keynes will stage a protest about low pay this lunchtime. And in sport, bottom of the table Stevenage hosts League One leaders Wolves tonight and conference leaders Luton go to Dartford. 08459 455 555 is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. BBC Three Counties Radio.
BBC Three Counties Radio's big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. It's a lovely little town, the people are all friendly. I just like the whole place, I just like where it is, you know, it's nice and quiet. Inviting everyone to where you live. I do like the um, smaller shops, yeah. And all this week, we're featuring Shefford and Chicksands. We're permanently fixed in Shefford now, we're quite happy with the town. I love it. I live in Clifton, but I wish I lived in Shefford. If you've got a story everyone should hear about, let us tell them about it. Lovely properties, 13th century village that has is full of character and lovely people. The big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. BBC Three Counties Radio. Aren't our listeners wonderful and intelligent and beautiful people? They are. I love I love the, the, this bit of the big tour where we get to hear local voices telling us why... You like that. ...why they love their area so much. It's S- nice. So do I. It's nice. So do I. Some great ones. In Letchworth, apparently they've got lovely flower beds. Beautiful. Beautiful. Nice. They have got wonderful flowers. They have. Have you seen the flower beds? Yeah, I have seen them. They're great. They're gorgeous. They're colourful. Well, yes, when they're full of flowers. This, that's, that's, you have otherwise, to... just a bit muddy. Brown. Yes. Uh, yeah, sometimes in the year, brown. But when the flowers are up, man alive. And in Wheatamstead, the, uh, the old places are... Uh, very old. Good for them, as they should be. Not everyone can say that about their old places. Exactly. Not everyone can. No. Um, what's on your show this morning? Because you do a show here can between I, 9 and 12 every week, don't you? I do, I do, it's absolutely. enjoyable. Uh, thanks very much. You're welcome. Coming up on this morning's Big Phone, I think you might like this one. Okay. Is it sensible or silly to give children a mobile phone? Oh, yeah, I like that The one. Chief Inspector of Constabulary, Tom Windsor, has warned that smartphones give children easy access to adult content online yep. that could turn them into criminals. Well... He's uh, concerned that violent and sexual imagery can be downloaded in seconds, which will desensitise a generation of children to abuse and violence. Yep. Uh, Mr Windsor claims that parents and guardians have little or no appreciation of the risk their children are being exposed to. But I just wonder if there is actually any need for children to have a smartphone, or indeed any kind of mobile phone at all. Is it sensible or is it silly to give children a mobile phone? I was on a train the other day, and it was uh, kind of school chucking out time, and all the kids got on the train, and... They all got their mobile phones out. These these are young kids. I'm talking, you know, 12. Yeah. And they're sitting there on the train and they, they're just texting or playing something on their mobile phones. Not talking to one another. No. Not communicating in any way. Just absolutely glued to their mobile phone. Is it any wonder that some young people are now getting to the age where they kind of need to be going out into the big wide world, able to, say, communicate with people? Yes. And in fact, all they can do is grunt and when you're when they're asked what their uh, special skills are as we learnt uh, on my program last week they put things like my skills are playing computer games mm, uh, from 9 this morning it's i want your views have, is it sensible or is it silly to give children a mobile phone your kids got a mobile phone yet they're 4 and 2 you say four and two. Some four-year-olds are getting mobile phones. No, they are not. Yes, they are. Who? Where, what, what edition of the Daily Mail did you I, read that in? I have seen a four-year-old with a mobile phone. Yeah, he's probably he's, he's been given to shut him up. You reckon? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. He, the, the, my my boys are disappointed because I'm back. On, I'm back on my Nokia thirty-three ten, which has all it all it does is I've not even introduced them to the world of Snake on here. Phone calls and texts. That's it. That's right. all it does. Uh, no. At what age will they get their own mobile when they can afford one? When they can afford one. Yeah. So, so they're going to have to If they go and get a job when they're 16 and they can afford one, well, then good luck. Although I'm so, putting a parent lock on what they can see. So hang on a minute. So yes. when your children go to secondary school, yep. you know, 12, 11, 12, are you, you're not going to buy them a mobile phone? No. 
No, no, not in, well, no, not in the slightest. They can have ten pence in their pocket to call home if they need it, um, and that's it. Not I think it's twenty p now. Is it really? Mm. I remember when it was five p. Really? I remember it was five p. Uh, they are no, no, not at all, not at all. And, and what are your thoughts to parents who who do buy their children a mobile phone at say the age of eight or nine? Uh, well, I think that's the bad parents. The bad parents. I think it's terrible parenting to give your child unadulterated uh, uh, access to the whole of the internet to have that in their pocket at the age of eight is irresponsible and shameful. What about just a phone that you can text on or phone? Is At the age acceptable? of eight? Yes. Uh, I don't think... They're, they're not quite as bad and irresponsible. It's just not necessary. It's not necessary. Learn to talk to people. Learn to, to sit down and make eye contact with people and talk to someone and have a conversation or read a book or a magazine or a comic, you know, draw or do something. Well, from Nine, I'd like your views on this. Is it sensible or is it silly to give children a mobile phone? 08459 555555. I'd love your call. I feel that we're getting closer. What, physically? We, we can do. But I just feel that over the last... Don't pull a face. I just feel that over the last few... You did. Over the, I just feel that over the last few uh, exchanges that we've had here... I just feel that we're kind of... We're, we're getting closer. We're, we're getting a bond. Really? Well, we have known one another for, what, two years? Something like that. Something yeah. like... We see each other every day. Yep, yep. For two years. Yep. I mean, we, it was bound to happen at some well, point. Well, I felt we started <laughs> off close. I felt we started off close and then we grew yeah. apart. Oh. Um, I never felt that. Oh. Oh. Ah. Gosh. Well, I'm telling you, we did. And... <laughs> but now I feel that the, the friendship is becoming... It's becoming kind of deeper. We're becoming enmeshed in each other's lives. Do you understand what I'm saying? Um, yes. Do you have a lunch and talk about it? Yes. See you then. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Given, I turned around. Catherine's given me skunk eye. What's your beef? Just thinking about children and mobile phones. I'm with well, you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. You've t- Don't give me the skunk eye, though. Well, I also heard you inviting him out for lunch. Yeah, I've invited you out for a lunch. You and Scoins are going. We're, we're going to go out and for I a said, lunch. Okay, let's go. Oh, and you said I can't go. No, I can't so go. I'm chasing you for a lunch. Really you invited nice me to. You guys to. Yeah. Okay. It's a grown-up lunch. We're going to talk about um, ownership of you. Uh, custody. Right, you can only do Thursdays, Catherine, and I can't do this Thursday. I right. could do this Thursday. Yeah, I can't do... Well, you go out with Catherine this Thursday. Wow, yeah. where should we go? Right. Oh. Are we doing the pilot thing or not? Uh, well, let's have a look. Yes, but first talk to Ben in High well, Wycombe. Let... problems with the cigs. Oh, Ben, what's your beef, dude? Oh, dear, oh, dear. Sounds like a one-sided love affair to me. Yeah, exactly. What does that mean? <laughs> Um, two mornings running, yes. this morning especially. Mm. Coming out of Wickham on the London Road, um, still tuned on 98. I've gone suddenly without warning to Radio Oxford. Oh, I'm s- I am so sorry about you having coming to listen to those the, suckers. <laughs> coming onto the top of the hill and through flat, well, he's Radio Surrey's come in without any warning. Yeah. I've come back to you again. Yes. I've come down through Bourne End into Cookham. I've got Radio London. Oh, God. And now... I just before I switched off to you, I've got Andrew, who I believe is Radio Reading. Oh, ra- Radio! There's a Radio Reading, and it hasn't gone off ninety-eight point naught off my radio right. 
signal all the way. You have my listen, okay. First of all, Ben, you have my sincerest apologies. Well, I do appreciate, and that. I appreciate I you. you feel that well, way. no, I do, and I appreciate that you're making the effort to, to stick with us and let us know. Thank you very much. I have literally no idea what's going on, but no. but mark my words, Catherine. I'm going to send someone a very strongly worded email today. I'm serious. Radio Reading sounds really good. No, it sounds bobbins. Utter rubbish. Ben, you don't sound like the kind of person that would normally listen to this rubbish. You sound quite intelligent. Well, I think some of your stuff is quite intelligent. Some of it? Yes. Which bits? Well, well, the bits I catch when I don't go to Radio Oxford, Radio Surrey, Radio London or Radio Reading. Ben, you're a a good sport. I really appreciate your phone call. We We will forward that on. We've had lots of people getting in touch saying there's been a slight problem with the transmitters. We will forward that on to the relevant technical bods. Uh, and and, uh, fingers crossed, if uh, Mark's working at his usual pace, it'll be sorted out by Christmas. It'll get sorted out. We'll do it. Now, a St Albans man is hoping to be able to lay his uncle to rest 70 years after his wartime plane crashed. Sergeant Roland Hill died after his Halifax bomber came down in marshland outside Berlin in 1943. Well, now archaeologists are set to recover the bomber along with the remains of the crew. Graham Hill is from St Albans and is his last surviving relative. Good morning to you, Graham. Good morning. Graham, were you alive in 1943? Did you ever meet Roland? Yes, I, I've met him, yes. What was he like? Well, I, I was very young at the time, so I, uh, I don't know how to say, what to say. Um, well, if you, don't, if, you, if you don't remember him, you're allowed to say you don't remember him. It was, it was a long time ago. Do you remember the, how the family dealt with the news that uh, Roland's plane had crashed and he'd been killed? Well, I, I, I didn't actually talk to them about it, but it was very distressing, of course. It was. It must have been difficult for the family, knowing that he was in this field, which I believe is kind of marshland, that w- without a proper burial site. That's right. Ten years ago, um, there was some talk about actually um, excavating the body. Yeah. And it, it fell through. And now it's been taken up again by another lot of people. And we're hoping it's going to happen. How likely is this, is this uh, attempt going to be? Do we know? How long how how likely do you think it is that this will actually happen? Well, I'm just optimistic that yeah. it might happen, but you know, it's not. How did you find out, Graham? Did did you get a phone call or a letter? I, I, first of all, I got a letter for a, a phone call from the Leicester Mercury, who had got two articles on yeah. on him, and then later that day, I got a phone call from some Canadian fellow who. Um, has organised this re- re- recovery of, of Halifax planes before. Yeah. Because he works for the, or is, is the, Canadian Bomber Museum. It must be very exciting, Graham, to know that this is, this is all going on. If, if they do manage to get Uncle Roland's remains... Yes. Where, where, where will you lay him to rest? Well, the, the rest of the crew, there were two, two bodies in the, of the crew that were taken to Berlin War Cemetery. The, the, there's one there for, for uh, Allied troops. And um, <clears throat> so that's where they were going. Um, I, I think it'd be most appropriate it mm. goes with them, really. Mm. Well, Graham, listen, I wish you the very best of luck. Well, thank you. Uh, I hope this has a, 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 a happy ending, and um, maybe we'll speak to you again soon. OK. Graham, thank you very much indeed. That's Graham Hill from St Albans, talking about Sergeant Roland Hill, who died... Uh, he was in a Halifax bomber outside Berlin in 1943. They might be digging it up. That's exciting, isn't it?
Right, let's get the travel news now. Here's Alice. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Queues on the M25 anti-clockwise after an accident around Junction 25 for Enfield. That congestion going back to Junction 28 for the Brook Street roundabouts. Also, the clockwise carriageway just before Junction 25 for Enfield. A lorry broke down earlier. Those queues are still just back to before Junction 22 for St Albans. The M1 London bound one lane is blocked between Junction 5 for Watford and 4 for Edgware Way after an accident. Those queues going back to Junction 6A for the M25. It's extremely foggy in the area and the speed signs are set to 40 at the moment. Also in Clifton, Stanford Lane is blocked at the Stockbridge Road following an accident. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 8.30, I'm Simon Oxley. A £90 million NHS scheme designed to speed up the diagnosis of dementia starts today. Every person over the age of 75 will have a named accountable GP. The public spending watchdog, the National Audit Office, has accused the Coalition of selling off Royal Mail too cheaply. Labour are calling for an urgent investigation into the Arleswood Immigration Centre in Bedfordshire after the death of a 40-year-old woman there on Sunday. And council workers in Milton Keynes will stage a protest about low pay this lunchtime. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Bottom of the table, Stevenage host League One leaders Wolves tonight. Victory would lift Graham Westley's side out of the relegation zone. It's a, a great opportunity. They're, they're going to be buzzing. I'm sure the, the place is probably going to be full here. It's going to be um, a great game to, to play in. I'm sure all the lads are going to be coming in looking uh, fresh and fit in the morning, uh, trying to show me that they're up for it. Luton are at Dartford in the conference. The Hatters are 13 points clear at the top of the table, despite defeat at the weekend. One month to go for John Still's side. You know, from where, where we were, when I looked at it at the start of the month to where we are, I'm actually delighted where, you know, to, to be in this last month of the season, to be in this position. I think the last two games, if we could have got something at Grimsby and something at Halifax, we could have come away with something, two points, and gone, great, well, we've got a point more than that. And there's commentary on Steve Nidge and Luton in tonight's Three Counties Sport from Seven. Manchester United host holders Bayern Munich in the first leg of their Champions League quarter-final. David Moyes says his team can cause an upset. The pressure's equally balanced because we want to win the game as much as Bayern Munich do. We, we go into the game no, knowing that on our day we're as good a side as any. We have to show it more often than we've done, but uh, I've got great, great belief in the players. Uh, I've said that from day one. And it hasn't changed. In the Premier League last night, West Ham won 2-1 at Sunderland, who remain four points from safety. Ashley Giles says he still wants the England cricket coaching job, despite the winter ending in an embarrassing 2020 defeat by the Netherlands yesterday. And this year's Tour of Britain cycle race will include a stage through Buckinghamshire, finishing in Hertfordshire. Stage six on Friday, September the 12th, starts in Bath and ends in Hemel Hempstead. BBC Three Counties News and Sport. The next full bulletin is at nine. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. The pricing out of football fans goes back much further than this World Cup's replica shirts. Many fans are tied to a club through loyalty to see their own wages frozen and some players earning 300 grand a week a week. 
That's like a that's like a, a a really nice house a week. Imagine getting paid a really nice house a week. I would be ruined by that kind of money. Whoa! Would, well, a lot of these people are. The thing is. Most footballers, and I say most, not all of them, are really, really thick people. Well, look, if you show any potential, not so much these days, but in no. the olden days, you get straight whisked no. straight off the football pitch and onto another football pitch. They didn't pay that much attention to you education. You give a thick young man 300 grand a week, you're asking for trouble. You're asking for trouble. They're going to have no respect for life, for their fans. Who is it? Justin, maybe you can tell me this. There was a a manager the other day that came out and said to the fans, don't boo. If you boo, (laughs) you're not a fan. Um, There's been quite a few down the years that have done that. Well, someone's done it recently. The only reason I know about it is because I follow Danny Baker on Twitter, and he, he got furious about it, and he quite rightly pointed out that the fans that are booing, the fans are the only people in that stadium that have paid to be there. Absolutely. And if they want to boo then they should be encouraged to boo to show their dissatisfaction. But there is the argument, though, that, of course, by booing your team, that's going to do nothing for their confidence. Football's a game all about confidence. If you're on that pitch, you want your players to be having confidence the ball. this! <laughs> it's true, though. When you see young footballers, the thing that they are exuding tends to be confidence. Yeah, exactly. Mm. I think if you're paying, what, 40 quid a pop, 30 quid a pop to go and see a football match... That's and cheap. This, uh, Yeah, well, exactly. Mm. And those multi-millionaires, those people earning... Let, let's be generous and not say £300,000 a week, let's say, what, £50,000 a week, yep. if they're earning that kind of money and they are not providing you with the goods, you have got every right to boo them. Plus, yeah, I just think it's got out of control. I mean, this evening I'm going to the Luton Town game, yep. away to Dartford. That's costing me, what, £15 for a ticket. Um, I went to a, a premiership game the other week with my friends. I had the, the cheapest seat in the stadium at £40 and all around me, people were moaning, saying, I won't be coming back. But you know, Ian, yep. that the following week they'll be there again, well, either putting the money into those players' pockets. Either they'll be there or some other sucker will be. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we can talk about the booing if you want the last two. It's kind of a football-themed um, show, and I'm, I'm which shows I can do this I kind of... I think the booing uh, is probably the healthiest thing that can happen at the football match, because who else is going to tell those young men that they're not you know, God's gift? Here's what we'll do. Right, OK, if you want to call in about booing at football, 08459 455 555. goes both ways. I'm paid by you, dear listener. If you want to phone up and boo me this oh, morning... Oh, they do. Well, do they? <laughs> yeah, they boo to me, though. All right, Just, not you, mate. Oh, right, That's okay. a step too far. If you want to phone up and boo me, or Justin, or Catherine... No, no, I don't get paid enough. You still get paid by the listener. Very true. If you want to boo any of us this morning, anyone that works on this show, the other shows can set up their own booing campaigns, um, then then 08459 455 555. You could give us a slow hand clap. Give us what? Slow hand clap. Sorry? You gave out the right number. Yeah. I thought you wouldn't. No, listen, I can take it on the chin, and I have yeah, done many, many us. times. Through us, thanks for that. People hey, have to ring me. Do you want to hear a good football story? Um, yeah, 30 go seconds. On. Okay, you're talking on. about booing. Yeah. Um, there's been a, a lot of booing at Kenilworth Road, the home of, of Luton Town, over the past few years, because it's been a tough five years for them in the conference. Nobody wants to be there. And a game earlier this season, um, there was quite a lot of booing and quite a lot of abuse towards Ronnie Henry, the captain. So what he did, at the end of the game, um, he made a, a mental note of where that fan was sitting, who had abused him uh, when he came back on for the second half. He got into the crowd and said, right, OK, what's your problem? And what that did, it got the whole club together. We didn't hear any more booing. And now Luton Town are top of the league and hopefully getting promoted. There you go.
good poo, actually. Thank you very much. Yeah, we've been working on that. Uh, people can call in about that, but there are other things to talk about this morning, Justin. The uh, We've been told for years, five a day, five fruit or vegetables per day is what you need, and that will make sure that you are healthy and well. Well, we've now been told this morning, <sighs> that's not right. It should be almost, it should be double that, between seven and yeah. ten pieces of fruit and vegetables a day. Otherwise, we're going to be at risk from cancer and all kinds of things. I mean, I still think it's an April Fool's show, to be quite honest with you. Uh, upping that from five to, to seven at least. I mean, uh, a few tips for you here. Uh, five a day at breakfast on the official government website. Um, add fruit to cereal, porridge or lower-fat yoghurt. Try a handful of berries or a chopped banana. Oh. Who has time to chop up a banana at breakfast well, in reality? Well, Come on. on. Hang, hang on a second, Just. It takes... Hang on. Peel, 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 chop, chop. It's taking me seven seconds to chop up that okay. banana. Well, if it's so healthy, why haven't you done it, you see? Because we're all rushing around. As a nation, we're too busy. Five a day at lunch. Um, add some crunch to your sandwiches with lettuce, tomatoes, cucumber or grated carrots. Again, who has time to go into the kitchen and grate carrots? It's ridiculous. Your mum probably does if you <laughs> ask her nicely. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, um, I've been out this morning asking people about either five or seven a day, uh, which, of course, is the new advice. Here's what people had to say. Kathy, you're here smoking this morning. What about your five portions of fruit and veg a day? Smoking is a habit, yes. a bad habit, yes. but one that is necessary. So what about making fruit and veg a habit? Um, I do occasionally have five a day, but not always. Why can't you stick to that? I'm interested in this. But why can't you stick to five a day? No willpower. And um, convenience, you know, quicker to get a burger than a proper meal. Because we're hearing today, seven a day is nearer the mark. What's your reaction to that? I did hear that earlier this morning when I was watching the television. Sometimes I wonder, they tell us everything that we need, but being blunt, we're going to die anyway, so what does it matter? Live life till to full. Madam, do you get your five a day? No. <laughs> tell us why you don't get it. Well, where I'm working at the moment, we don't get time to stop nav breaks every now and again you know we just work straight through and eat what we've got so five a day doesn't work for you seven a day clearly isn't going to work for no, you is it's it it's not and a lot of people ain't going to be able to afford seven a day agnes you're five a day you look healthy do you get that i eat six a day six a day yeah well i have an apple for my breakfast i have an orange but 10 o'clock snack then i'll probably have a banana at lunchtime and then i have a bit of fruit after my dinner and I have my vegetables when I'm eating my dinner. I love my vegetables. Now that you're on six a day, do you feel much better for it? Well, no, I've always ate six. Always? Yeah. I love the fruit, love. Because <laughs> the advice today is to up that to seven. Might you up it to seven now? Every possibility. It's not a big jump for you, though, is it? No, if you're already on not six. At all. Not at all. <laughs> OK, OK, Miss Helsey, have a good day. Thank you. Bye-bye. Well, here's Jordan. Jordan, you're 20 years old. Tell us what you've got in your hand there. Uh, apple and an orange. A bit healthy for a 20-year-old, aren't you? Uh, not normally, but I'm trying to lose some weight, actually. Oh, right. yeah. So you're five a day. Are you currently getting your five a day? Um, no, not quite. Probably about four. Is it hard work? Used to be. I, I, didn't, I went about ten years without having five a day, I think. But now, now when you make the conscious effort, it's all right. Because the advice this morning is to up it to seven a day. Yeah. Is that going to be uh, near enough impossible for you? Uh, I don't think I'll be doing that, no. It'd be too expensive, I think. I was surprised by that gentleman. Which one? What, the last one? The last one, because, yeah. you know, you, we, we make judgments, particularly in radio, on people's voices and what they sound like. He didn't sound like the type that would be making an effort to uh, eat 
that healthy? No, he's trying to lose some weight. He didn't eat fruit and veg for 10 years, but um, he's currently on, what, four a day, and that, that's quite hard work for him. I think this idea today, yes, it sounds fantastic to up it to seven a day, but come on, in, in reality, it's too expensive, it's too time-consuming, people won't stick to this. <laughs> no, listen, the, the, you're, you're arguing, there are arguments for why people won't eat five, six, seven, eight fruits a day. Hmm. But you're arguing that no-one's got time to chop up a banana. <laughs> it's true. I mean, if you put this out right now, if you said, who has five portions of fruit and veg a day? Yeah. I spoke to, what, one person there. I was out for an hour this morning. You wouldn't get many calls. And the argument, again, would be the same, that, that it does take a lot of effort, people are very busy, and it's too expensive. I guarantee you that will come back. Why? Why? Well, people have to chop up a banana. Why couldn't they just, you know, eat it like a like a monkey? Well, you know, if you if you go and by the government website, these are tips. If you haven't, I don't need tips on how to eat a banana. <laughs> I know, but if people are stuck behind a desk all day and they're not allowed to eat for whatever reason, they're saying here's a good opportunity where you can chop up a banana, you can put it into your porridge, and there you go. That's part of your five a day. But again, you've got to go and get the banana. You've got to take oh. it into work. You've got to chop it up. You've got to put it as part of your breakfast. Most people get breakfast or lunch on the go, so people haven't these, got the time. These people who are stuck at their desks and not allowed to eat, where, where is this? China? Well, come on. You know, a lot of people are going to be very, very busy. They're going to be behind that computer, they're going to be on the phone, and when they get a break, that's going to be their lunch break. And they're probably going to be rushed off their feet, they'll go and buy a sandwich and come back. They haven't got the time or well, the yeah, effort to do buy, this. They go and buy a sandwich. While they're buying the sandwich, instead of buying a, a, an Om Sam, yeah. they could go and buy, like, a banana or an apple Possibly. Or, or a melon. Possibly, but, you know, for for us, for argument's sake here, at Three Counties Radio, we have a, a sandwich shop, what, a minute away. Prisoners? It, it, yeah, if we wanted fruit and veg, we would have to go into the town centre, that's what. By the time you got there and got back, that's 15 minutes. You see what I'm saying? It's time-consuming. I'm right. Yeah. You're wrong. No, I'm right on this one. Uh, you're wrong. No! Shall I tell you why you're wrong? Go on, tell me. They sell apples at Prisoners. Do they? I've never seen them in there. Thank you very much indeed, Justin. Hey, very quickly, we've got a nice uh, tweet from Carpet Martin. Talking about um, these football shirts, 90 quid pop. Um, And Wayne really earned... He does earn about 300 grand a week, doesn't he? He does, yeah. Carpet Martin says, 300 grand would buy over 33,000 England shirts. Rooney should kit out every kid in the country, and if he doesn't, then it's an insult. (laughs) Uh, That is never going to happen in a million years. He could could do it, though, couldn't he? He he could do that. I mean, obviously, we we can sit here and talk about footballers' wages all day long, but but anybody listening, if you got the chance to earn that sort of money, would you turn it down? You probably wouldn't. I think there's a a hint of jealousy from myself as well. I'm a football fan. I don't agree with the wages, but you can't knock a player for saying, okay, um, that's the deal I've got, I'm going to take it. No, no, listen, you're you're absolutely right. If someone someone offered you those wages, then you you would take them, of course. Uh, But you've also got to remember who's paying your wages. When I do work for the BBC, not all of my income is from the BBC. A lot of it is um, uh, commercial. Uh, And when it's commercial, it's being paid for by advertisers. But when I'm being paid for by the BBC, I'm Mm. aware, I'm acutely aware of where that money is coming from. And I don't think footballers necessarily are acutely aware of where that money's coming from. Well, um, let me give you an example here. Sir Jeff Hurst, he scored a hat-trick at the 1966 World Cup final. That man is an absolute legend to pretty much everyone in this country. He won the World Cup for England with his goals. Fact, okay? Now, he is somebody... Football facts. Yes, football facts. Dealey's football (laughs) facts. (laughs) He is somebody who still got to work to make money, whereas a number of players in the Premier League who are, let's be honest, pretty shocking players 
players in reserve teams. They're going to be on an absolute fortune. They can retire at 35 and have a fantastic life. That, to me, is not right. That's why, and I said this to Jeff Hurst as well, that, that I can't relate to football players. He said to me that, that in the 60s, the football players and the fans, that they were all together. You could shake their hand. You could have a drink with them. Nowadays, you can't get anywhere near the players. As a fan, paying that sort of money, £90 for a football shirt, however much you're paying for a season ticket, how can you have any sort of connection with these players? Because they are on a, a different planet, aren't they, really? Justin, thank you very much indeed. If you want to have your say on that, 08459 555555. Just very quickly on Twitter, Catherine, message for you. Scott has tweeted, get um, Boyle to do a how-to-eat-a-banana instructional video. Is it something you could... Do? Well, um, I think you've got a better idea of how to do that. Oh, and then his next tweet is, don't flip and tell her I sent that to you, <laughs> you idiot. Ah, sorry, apologies. Apologies. Sorry Travel about that, news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The M1 London bound has one lane blocked between Junction 5 for Watford and 4 for Edgware Way after an accident. Queues going back to Junction 6A for the M25. Then on the M25 itself, the anti-clockwise exit slip road is closed at Junction 22 for St Albans after an accident. The clockwise carriageway queues between Junction 21A for St Albans and 24 for Botters Bar, which isn't helped by the earlier problems around the A10. On the speed sensors, the A5 queuing in both directions around Dunstable. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Alice, thank you very much. There's a, a daily backlash starting on twi- Twitter, hashtag daily backlash. Uh, Jade says, I have five plus a day in a smoothie. Apple, banana, strawberries, mixed berries, mango, quick and easy. Justin Dealey is lazy. Oh, I think we know that. The laziest man in show business. It's 8.47, it's uh, Tuesday, the 1st of April, I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A £90 million NHS scheme designed to speed up the diagnosis of dementia starts today. Every person over the age of 75 will have a named, accountable GP. Labour are calling for an urgent investigation into the Yarlswood Immigration Centre in Bedfordshire after the death of a 40-year-old woman there on Sunday. And in sport, the Football Association has been criticised after it was revealed that a New England World Cup replica shirt will cost £90. Oh, and I've just remembered, it's two-for-one Tuesday today. Get in there, Peter. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. Some places struggling with the fog this morning, particularly out towards the west of London, parts of Berkshire, for example, up towards Buckinghamshire. It's just creeping in there. And also Bedfordshire as well, fairly murky. So a misty start towards the east of that, though. We've got blue sky and sunshine. Hopefully we should start to see this mist and fog lift eventually and uh, we'll see some brightness behind it. When it does, it's going to feel rather warm. Light winds as well today. We could be seeing a maximum later of around 17, maybe 18 Celsius, perhaps. Perhaps even a degree higher if the sun comes out for long enough. Overnight tonight, could see one or two showers first thing this evening. That's really the sunshine this afternoon, making any cloud we are left with a little excitable. So we could see some showers towards the end of the day. They will clear out, though. Some mist and fog developing again overnight. Minimum temperature down to 6 Celsius. A rather murky start again for Wednesday morning, but it will brighten up. We'll get some sunny spells and it's going to feel warm again. Maximum temperature tomorrow, 19 Celsius.
Tonight we'll bring you two more live games from opposite ends of the table. That was poor defence by any stretch of the imagination. It's 3-0 to the Hatters, points in the bag, game over 3-0. Stevenage faced the tough task of hosting league leaders Wolves. Yeah, we're there fighting and I think you can see you know, where the sides evolved to. We're certainly not playing bottom of the table football right now. And Luton travelled to Dartford knowing three points will take them even closer to the Football League. All we can do is play the next game. You know, if we keep going, there'll come a game when we say this is a game. But at the moment, we've still got to get over the line. Choose which game you want to listen to with Three Counties Sport tonight from 7 here on BBC Three Counties Radio. We listen. They should hire us for a trail. They should totally hire us for a trail. We know or, what we're talking about. We yeah. We know what we're talking about. We know it to the buoy. We are. Uh, g- g- oh, look, oh g- Catherine, we made a new song when you were. We made What's a new song on? while you were weeing. You ready? Are you ready? It's good, but you can't bogle to it. Um, can? Need to slow it down a bit. Football, 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 ragamuffin style. Yeah, it's got legs. What is a ragamuffin? It's like a little homeless boy, isn't it? Oh. Tim's in Brom. Morning, Tim. Morning. Tim, what have you got for us? I, normally, I agree with quite a lot that Justin says, but he's talking nonsense today. <laughs> Absolute nonsense. Here you go. Tell me why he's talking nonsense. Well, instead of making your porridge for breakfast, you pick up a banana, an apple and an orange, and you take that with you instead. Oh, and no, Tim. To... Tim. Tim, but people haven't got the time to go and pick up <laughs> some fruit. What a load of old cods, Wallop. <laughs> really. And then when you walk to the shop, instead of buying a sandwich, you pick up a bowl of salad. It costs less. It does, and it, it, it is just changing habits. We do go to a fantastic greasy spoon, which we call prisoners for reasons I have no idea why. Uh, and they do they do cracking breakfasts in there. They also I think sell fruit. You go for once, they're going to get you forever. That's well, exactly. but they do they do fruit. They, they they have fruit on the counter while you're there, and Justin has never ever seen it. That's because he's a weirdo. Really. <laughs> Tim, thank you very much indeed. I do like the. I tell you why I like this show. So we can go for the nonsense of, of singing the football song, which is excellent. Football, 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 ragamuffin daily. We can go from that to explaining what a ragamuffin is, a homeless boy from the Victorian era. Then I to, that was an urchin. Oh. To Tim making a serious point about fruit and veg. Yeah. It's good, isn't it? It's varied. It's varied you know what I said about uh, respecting the licence fee payer? Yeah. Um, John's in Stevenage. Good morning, John. Good morning. What would you like to say? Well, my partner's four-year-old. Every morning, he eats his five fruit every morning. Every morning? Every morning. We make it for him every morning. We come up two strawberries, yeah. a small uh, handful of blueberries, ooh. blackberries, which he likes to call um, black strawberries yeah. for some reason. Um, we also give him some seedless red grapes. Oh. And we cut him off a banana. Takes about two minutes to prepare. Yeah. Well, no, no, John, you're wrong. It doesn't. It takes much longer than that. You haven't got the time to do that. Oh, nonsense. Boo to Justin. <laughs> the first <laughs> boo of the morning. Well, you're paying his, his wages. You're allowed to do that. And the thing is, isn't it, because my boys love uh, eating fruit. If you get them young enough, yeah. y- you don't get any of this, oh, fruit's boring. Oh, I don't. My boys last night were furious with me. They wanted bananas. We didn't have any bananas. They, they well, went bonkers. He- 
when he comes in from nursery in the evening, he asks for fruit. In fact, if you put a bowl of chocolate and a bowl of grapes in front of him, yeah. I mean, he'll eat them both, but he'll always go for the grapes first. Of course, of course. And it's... It, well, listen, well done you. And the people that say, oh, I've got fat kids and it's, it's the government's fault. Oh, I've got fat kids and it's... No, it's your fault. Because if you do what John does, if at the age of, you know, from when they're a nipper, you start giving them fruit and you give them fun fruit, as well, like kiwi fruit. Oh, man, alive. You give the kids a kiwi fruit, they love it. You start doing that from a young age and don't just hand out chocolate willy-nilly, then they'll, they will accept that as the norm. John, listen, I think you're doing a cracking job. Keep it up, yeah, fella. No worries. Well no. done. Well done. It doesn't annoy me. Oh, oh, I've got fat kids and I don't know why. Oh, it's the government's fault I've got big fat kids. It's not. It's your fault for giving them sweets at the drop of a sweetie hat and not giving them fruit first thing in the morning when they're nippers. My kids have only just worked out that raisins aren't sweets. Yeah. Oh, you see? Manna from heaven, raisins are nature's sweets. Oh, I've got fat... Oh, I've got... I've got fat kids. Oh, it's not my fault. It's the government's... It's the government's fault. Take responsibility. It really annoys me. We get, um... The, the, we get um, Tam Fry on, don't we, from the, the Fat Club. He's always on, banging on about, oh, it's... Well, the government's got to take responsibility. No, no, no. It's totally, totally the parents' fault. It really, really is, and it annoys me. And fruit is really cheap as well. Go and buy... Go and buy some v- value bag of... Sold, uh, the, um, the, the satsumas go and buy some cheap apples you can it, it's cheaper than chocolate it's completely possible uh, since oh. having children my diet has been healthier because of, of the stuff I have in the cupboard these days and you just don't buy the rubbish the, 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 the daily backlash really is kicking off here fairy contrary on uh, Twitter fruit salad with yoghurt every morning I prepare it as the kettle boils a whole 90 seconds of preparation <laughs> oh it's too much time <laughs> daily's arguing that we haven't got the time to eat fruit fruit doesn't take any preparation. It's there. It's prepared. It's God, has pre- God has prepared it for you. We've all had a cup of daily tea. <laughs> we know that he pretty much stops the kettle halfway through boiling and yes. fills half a cup he and does. then slams it on your desk. He does. I mean, we're really grateful for any tea we get, but, but why does it have to be empty? Oh. Maybe, maybe. All right, I see what I see what Justin's doing. Maybe Dealey's maybe Dealey's doing an April Fool on us with the with the fruit. We has, he hasn't got time to eat a banana. Maybe, maybe he's doing a he's doing a joke on us. Yeah, could be. No, I've never seen him eat fruit. I've got an idea. How many of us are there? One, two, three. Why don't we all buy him a portion and bring it in tomorrow for his breakfast? Yeah, job done. There's four. You, can... you, there's four. You, you missed out, Claire. Well, I don't know whether Claire's <laughs> going to be here tomorrow. Are you going to be here tomorrow, Claire? Claire? Uh, in the afternoon. Oh, well, they're oh, doing this. No, there's, there's three of us here. You're right, Catherine. There's three of us. We well done. We can save it. Simon Oxley. Yeah. Between us, we can save a dealie. Yeah. Let's <laughs> Let's do our best, kids. But let's... will he have time to peel the banana? <laughs> we'll, I'll peel it for him. You'll have to chop it. He doesn't eat anything it. long. Oh, it. He's, I mean, really. What is he like? What is he like? Uh, 08459 455 555. We, we've not had many boos this morning. One boo for Dealey. Which is, which is great, I'll accept that. We, we are, we've been talking about football players. We've been kind of knocking football a little bit this morning at the uh, announcement that there'll be a £90 replica England shirt. £90 of your money. Hey, you know you go and pay their wages. If you support football by going to the matches or by uh, paying for Sky Sports, you're paying their wages, and yet they want to charge you 90 quid to wear one of their shirts. Oh, no, it's not us, says the Football Associate. Ah, oh, it's Nike. 
Oh, it's not us, it's Nike. Well, but nuts, you'll be getting money out of it, FA, for goodness sakes. FA indeed. So we've been knocking football because of well, that. Well, it's not really to do with football, it's the stuff around football, isn't yes. it? It's the people cashing in. Yes. Uh, and so one manager, a couple of managers, have come out in the last couple of weeks saying, yeah, by the way, uh, if you come to football matches and you boo, then you're not real fans, you shouldn't be booing. Uh, you should follow Danny Baker on, this, on Twitter on this, because he's hilarious. He's completely um, knocking those multi-millionaires that have been telling the fans... Uh, not to boo. So we have this morning, we've opened up the phone lines to boos from the listeners. We've had but one directed at uh, Jay Dizzle, at Jay Dog. And fairly so, I think. Very fairly so. There are two minutes left. If people want to phone up and boo any of the members of the team... In fact, why don't you save it, wait two minutes, and then phone? Yeah, actually, and good then point. We can pass the booze on. If, if, if you want to boo us, it's probably best if you do it after nine o'clock. So if you just phone up at nine, just boo. <laughs> why is, why is um, Jonathan giving me, uh, giving me skunk eye? What, what's, what's happened? How disappointing. Uh, there was no po- lots of complaints that there were no podcasts last week. Two complaints. Three. Okay. I, I complain. That's, that's four. Oh, no, four, five then. If, okay. Five complaints, there were no podcasts last week. Reason being, um, I wasn't in for two days, but also it just wasn't good enough. The material we had, it wasn't good enough to put out as a podcast. We Very just poor. didn't have enough calls I'll be honest, saying things. Last week's shows, the three that I bothered to turn up for, were rubbish. That's partly why I didn't come in Thursday and Friday. I just sort of flipping it. I mean, really. I can't, if this is as good as it's going to get, I'm not bothered coming, bothering coming in. Strangely, had- though, turned around Thursday, Friday, didn't it? Yeah, oh. got loads of calls. Yeah, we could have done Justin. We should have done Justin. Right, no, don't do a daily uh, podcast. People will boo it. <laughs> Little cheeky cough there, nice one. That's fine. That's fine. We like. That's fine. It's human. It's human. Um, but it's not all about call. The podcast isn't all about calls. It's about. It's about the entire package. And I just thought the last week's shows that we did, I just think that didn't think well, they were good enough. Did, I had ten minutes. Ten minutes of audio. Nah, it wasn't that good. Ten and minutes. Then Justin dis- filled the right. Rest. All right. Yeah. What I'm saying is this week is going to uh, right. Turning your microphones off. Get Shafraz Banzor back. Gonna t- some. How do I turn your microphones off? The thing's gone. Right, that's it, they're gone. So, uh, this week, there will be... Uh, James Wales. Oh, doing? it's still on. Flippin' heck. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. M1 London bound. There's been an accident between Junction 5 for Watford and 4 for Edgware Way. It's causing congestion still to the Junction 6A for the M25. Then on the M25 itself, anti-clockwise, the exit slip road is closed at Junction 22 for St Albans after an accident. Uh, the clockwise M25 still queues between Junction 21A for St Albans and 24 for Potter's Bar. Uh, that's after the earlier problems around the A10. And the A1M southbound really looking heavy on the sensors around Junction 8 for Stevenage. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Should not stick around for JVS. We'll be doing an excellent show. Keen to get your thoughts on uh, giving mobile phones to kids. Until tomorrow at six from me. Ta-ta. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Ian. Good morning. Welcome to the JVS Show. I'm Jonathan Vernon-Smith. It's Tuesday. It's nine o'clock and on the big phone-in. Is it sensible or silly to give children a mobile phone? The Chief Inspector of Constabulary, Tom Windsor, has warned that smartphones give...